0: It's time for Type 40 Doctor Who podcasts and other content from us at The Space Book to you, our companions and friends across the space-time continuum. Just ahead of the next standard Type 40 podcast in a few days' time, here's our latest live-streamed adventure to celebrate the silver anniversary of one of the most exciting nights in the history of the series of the franchise. Back in 1996, the very day as this podcast version drops... Over two hours of memories, rants and raves about Doctor Who the movie. That feature-length adventure that first brought us Paul McGann's Byron-esque Doctor and reignited hopes of a future for the series after that seven-year gap. Now, as these shows are recorded live and include interactions from people actually commenting along, In real time, over on YouTube and Facebook, some things may get lost in translation and the odd swear word may pass our lips. (laughs) So this show's not suitable for the under-15s. Everybody else, set the beryllium clock if you have one. Open the jelly babies and enjoy. Everybody, whatever time zone or time stream you're joining us from across the world or across the universe. That's better. <laughs> yes, where was I? I'm Dan Hadley, Birmingham's king of the geeks, and this is Type 40 Live with you on a Tuesday afternoon beaming across social media. So we're on Facebook, we're on the Type 40 Facebook page and the Type 40 Facebook group over on the YouTube channel. Of course, we're, hello, YouTube. Hello, everybody in YouTube land. We'll get to your comments in a moment. And this is the Spacebook, the best channel that you'd never heard of and the home of Type 40, which is our Doctor Who brand, our Doctor Who wave of content coming your way. We've got podcasts, we've got videos and live streams. Heaven knows how many we've done now. (laughs) But sit back, get some jelly babies to one side, maybe your favourite paperback, one of those sedan chairs. Sedan, not McGann, cheers, and yeah, enjoy, share your memories with us, we're going right back, back 25 years specifically for the bulk of this special show, this special live stream, back to a time when uh, yeah, football was coming home, where everybody was a sort of wannabe, weren't they, and when it finally became cool to uh, tell people you were going train spotting, <laughs> Who'd have thought that was a long time coming, wasn't it? But uh, let's put on some of the, all this jazz. Yes, while I remember, please, if you're here now, this I've already been forward into the future, you see. So you can like this video. It's going to be a good one. Please like the video. Subscribe to the channel if you've got a minute. Hit the little red button and hit the bell too. Hit the cloister bell. So the next time we go live, you'll be the very first to know about it. Not impending disaster, just, just great content. Good conversation and lots of geeky Doctor Who talk. That's me sorted out. Who who are you? Who's who's with us now? Oh, Megan Neurobite says hype. Hype to you too. Is that that's must be a good thing. And we've got the geek inside. Bring on that hunk of sexy man. Oh, Paul McGann. <laughs> well, Paul's not here. You're stuck with me, geek inside. Uh, welcome back. Welcome back to 1986, says story odd girl. Now she's going to be late. She's supposed to be on the show, so she's 10 years earlier than the rest of us. It could be a while while we wait for. Uh, to get in the right time zone. Uh, greetings. Can't watch live today, but we'll be catching up later, says Darren Powis. But he's commented too full of time travelers watching on YouTube. Obviously, Time Lord's in training. Okay. Yes. So has she has she made it? Let's see if we can find out. Let's <laughs> back from 2021 via 1986. It's story-eyed girl. Hello.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you can't be typing in the chat. <laughs> yeah, that was a type
0: Talk, yeah, uh, talking to you <coughs> of
1: course. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> You've
0: been looking forward to this one?
1: I have. Uh, obviously, I get, yeah, I'm an 80s child, but obviously I grew yeah. up in the 90s. Yeah, she never so
0: mentions it, everybody.
1: She never oh, mentions uh... it. <laughs> so, yeah, this is my era. And I, yeah, this is really exciting. And yeah, I just can't believe it's 25 years.
0: No, no. 25 years since Doctor Who came screeching back to to TV, wasn't it? It was um, after seven years stuck in a time eddy. Uh, It came back glossier, longer, mostly, certainly faster, and this time with tongues. Did you see that? (laughs) People didn't like that. I'm sure we'll get round to that. In a little mm-hmm. while, but yes, this is our celebration come review of the Fox and BBC mm-hmm. co-production of Doctor Who, herald- heralding a new Doctor and restoring hope to legions of fans here in America, Australia, and in Canada, where it was where it was filmed, of course, where mm-hmm. they actually finally made the thing, and we'll be eternally grateful to the Canadians because of it, for giving Doctor Who a, a home, even if it was just for, I think they were filming it for about three or four weeks. Mm-hmm. Yes, so all that's to come, we're going to bring in. Everybody else. I thought we'd start with setting the feel of 1996, though, Sarah. Mm-hmm. and Specifically, the uh, the sights and the sounds. So you'll have been very <laughs> young at this time. So do you remember any of this? She's, she's laughing I already. remember
1: all of it, yeah.
0: <laughs> so you've got Mark Morrison there at the top mm-hmm. corner. These are the, These were the big four. Records in the UK charts at the time. Yes. So we've got Mark yes. Morrison with Return of the Mac, which I absolutely loved. And mm-hmm. uh, the Tony Rich Project. Do you remember that one? I think he must be the one yeah. hit wonder, that guy. Yeah. George Michael was number one with Fast mm-hmm. Love. And uh, Gina G, there was, uh, the, she was something to do with the Eurovision Song Contest company. I don't know if she won or no, was she She, our she
1: entry? was our entry. We came third, but she ended up, it catapulted her to stardom and she ended up being number one. Oh, okay. Because I, I followed it for quite a while.
0: <laughs> well, look, who needs Gina G when we've got, we've got a JT. <laughs> we've, sort, we've sort of got him. <laughs> Hello.
2: Hello. Here I Hello, am reading my,
3: my my movie special here to celebrate the 25th anniversary of the Pomegran TV movie. Hello,
0: everybody. Hi, Space Bookers. Hello, mate. Yes, it was a pocket money friendly, wasn't it? That, that was that was a Panini thing. They, they put that out, didn't they? They did, because this was um, supposed to be a friendly
3: introduction to Doctor Who, and therefore a rebirth for the magazine, because it was a spin-off in the magazine. Uh, and inside it, it's basically the same as you would get in one of the sort of annuals that they churn out today. It's an introduction to the TARDIS, it's an introduction to the characters, it's got a back history of the Doctor, um they always do this don't they the previous faces of the doctor in that in that case there were yeah. seven of course yeah, um so we've got all that there but that was hoping to introduce a new audience into the show as the the, the, the tv movie was supposed to and therefore push them onto the magazine so it was 199 in ni- 1996
0: and to distract them as well from all this glorious pop rock oh, music that was around at the time does this bring That's back some memories for you too um well the 90s is a
3: bit of a blur i have to be honest uh because all i did was work and party work and party work and party but you know the music is uh, is it, i'm very fond of but my my knowledge goes so far <laughs> well
0: let's check in with uh, one of the one of the younger fraternity and see what barnaby Jago makes of this if this was this something that you put Hello. on the jukebox at all barnaby any of these tunes any favorites here
4: I'm afraid what? I was way too young to uh, to get any of these. I'm afraid. Uh,
0: yeah. I thought you were gonna
4: say I like that I'm I ran sort
5: of
4: uh, <laughs> yeah. about oh, that sort of time. Yeah, I was about uh, six or seven years old. So uh, yeah, not quite.
0: Not even not even Gina G. You don't remember that? The old uh, uh, the dad. even now I don't know who that is. I'm afraid. Is, <laughs> is that
2: Cardi B? Is, it, is that it Cardi could, B or uh,
4: Montero or one of those? I think sort of it ones? could be for the
0: best that you don't remember that one I myself. How about you, Simon? Any of these bring back any memories for you? Ooh, ah, uh, just a little
6: bit. Ooh, ah, uh, a little bit more. Ooh, ah, uh, just you know. a little bit. You know what I'm looking for. There you go. It that's even what ha- knows that's how where song. Barnaby. It
4: went oh,
5: something
6: it was, like that, anyway. I, hate, I, hate I don't think I've heard that six,
4: version. Yeah.
6: You were six at the time that Gina G. I I feel so, so yeah. old. Wow. I don't think we should allow Barnaby on these chats. No, <laughs> no. no. I Just bring him on to make us feel old, Dan. <laughs> I did love
0: Return of the Mac, the old Mark Morrison tune. yeah. yeah. Of sort of soul... Yeah.
6: Soul uh, kind of. No, I kind of stop about 1985. I stop, my iPod just ends at 1985, and I'm quite happy <laughs> with that. Thank you very much.
0: <laughs> okay, well, we've that's uh, one thing to talk about the your iPod, but what, oh, what about your uh, what about your movie collection? What about the movies? Let's take a look at some of the movies from 1996 and bring in, yes, our, our movie oh. expert, our movie director, writer. And producer, Ian David Diaz, the Mega Geek. Hello, hey, <laughs> hello, mate. So, right. would you believe it, Ian? 1996. These are some of the big movies of May wow. 1996. Does this bring back any any memories for you? I went to see
2: all of them apart from Barbed Wire.
6: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Saw Barbed Wire
2: on TV, which was is absolutely awful. But the other two were okay. Actually. Mm.
6: I still. So I remember Twister so well. Twister's got one of my favourite lines in movie mm. history that I still churn out every so often, mm. which is, we got debris, where we've got... <laughs> a cow, there's a cow swinging around. We got debris.
2: Fantastic. I, love I thought it was about the game. The Twister
0: game. It wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't I, I can't believe that film's twenty-five years old. I mean, Mission Impossible has just been re-released on Blu-ray, so I knew that was twenty-five mm. years old. But that's a really iconic film, isn't it? As for mm. Barb Wire, I've never seen it all the way through. I've only ever managed ten minutes of it. I don't know what that is. It's meant to be a remake of Casablanca, apparently.
2: what? What? Seriously,
0: it's meant to be, meant to be, meant
2: oh, Bob, to be a Bob remake.
6: Barb Wire, yeah. Yes, so was he oh, he's perked up. He remembers this one. <laughs> <laughs>
4: and, yes, <laughs> I do. Remember bar-b-wag, what Whatever
6: happened to Big Pam? What happened to her?
2: She's big anybody and know? she disappears. Yeah, but she she's still around. Recently... Yeah,
0: she, she around. recently married her bodyguard. I think. Does any of that ring a bell for anybody? <clears throat> yeah, and Mission Impossible is certainly a bit of a classic, isn't it? Barnaby, you must have seen it's that. So young in that yeah, film, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Tom Cruise.
4: Mm. It was
0: mm. So young mm. in that film. It's mm. ridiculous.
4: Twister as well, I remember really um, vividly as well. Twister, I remember it being quite good, but it's on Netflix now. It's not quite as good as I remember.
0: Well, I think if uh, Twister had never been made, ITV2 would never have a film to show. They'd be down to one. They'd be down to Bridget Bridget Jones' Diary. Those are the two films that they've got. Uh, (laughs) Let's check in with the chat and see if they're they're stirred by all this talk of 1996. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe, says Lord Thoth. I don't know where I'd be without Lord Thoth. But people... Yeah, sorry, old girl. It wouldn't be 1996 mm. without the return of the Mac. I, I, yep. I agree. I did have What happened
1: familiar.
0: to him. <laughs> mm. uh, People already. People bringing the memories. I still remember watching the TV movie in my bedroom, age 17, and I still have my VHS recording from BBC <laughs> One. Wow. You know, right. dedication. Still all giving all adverts out. as well. that really Space. Good morrow, Dan says Megan <laughs> And Richard Brooks says, I can't believe it's been 25 years. It seems like yesterday, sometimes. My always tell me that it's 25 years since the film. My <laughs> knees and my arms. <laughs> 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 yeah. people, do, people do rub it in. People do rub it in, don't they? Dan, I'm surprised
1: you haven't mentioned the, the second most important thing apart from the TV movie. Oh, OK. What's this? Take that splitting up. Is oh, <laughs> yeah.
0: that 96? Mm.
6: And the hell That's what did you know that know that was, was going on in my life? world.
0: <laughs> Is that, where, that where, what, what, it what it was all about? For everybody,
6: to you? everybody that was traumatised by them splitting up, I remember that. Did um, you abrasion. Did you ring that? Did you ring that one, Sarah?
1: I did, it, but I had uh, my cousin was hmm. very uh, inconsolable.
0: <laughs> it, it made yeah. it oh. made the newspapers. Did it talk about mm-hmm. talking about making the newspapers? I think before we get. Before we get so, we've got some more people here. We've got uh, yeah, Queen Charlotte's here in the chat. Queen she says Charlotte. hello all, and uh, the uh, garbage says uh, the the space video quality. It's a bit max headroom. What do you mean? I think he means I think it means you. Hours? <laughs> am i am I juddering am i juddering a little
3: it's that lovely Are little doing, halo you've got
0: around you i'm <laughs> doing it deliberately in honor of peter wag who i think was one of the producers he was on, yes on the doctor who tv movie how's that for a connection there we go <laughs> <laughs> somebody else is back in 1986 watching the trial of a time lord instead Uh, People comparing how old they were. I think we can keep that to ourselves, can't we? (laughs) 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 Let's not rub that that in too much. Uh, The Geek Inside. So, this is Neil. He says, hard to believe it's been 25 years. I was working in Ottawa then, no cable. So, a friend recorded it for me. That's when I also found out John Pertwee had passed away. Yeah, the the timing of that, because when it was on television, correct me if I'm wrong, Simon, they
6: had a caption on the television screening, didn't they? Paying tribute to John Pertwee? Yeah, because we talked about this last week, poor old John Pertwee passing. And, uh, yeah, it was literally a couple of three days before the transmission. Um, mm. And, yeah, the very first thing you see is a little caption card that, uh, that that dedicates the film to John Pertwee. I mean, what a beautiful way to do that. that I can't mm. think of any better way of doing that, that they at least acknowledged it. Yeah. It would have felt odd ignoring it. Um, mm. and, yeah, was just that little, just
2: for the BBC, um, Simon?
6: Uh, I don't know. Actually, I don't know. Do, JT, did they put it on America as well? No, um, they because America got it before.
3: Britain. Yeah, it, that's right. Yeah, it, it was a it was a request from Phil to the BBC okay. to do that.
6: I I, I'm not certain. I can't. I don't know. Is it on the DVD? I can't quite think whether it's on the DVD and the Blu-ray. I'm not certain. Now, I can't quite remember. Um, I would hope it is because to me, it's part of the movie. Um, yeah and i remember i remember seeing that and it just immediately it immediately warmed me to the movie i immediately mm-hmm. wanted to like the movie because i thought okay yeah. if you can at least acknowledge something as key as that and link what is happening today to to, to what was happening all those mm-hmm. years ago I, I you know total respect for you mm-hmm. um and and i immediately you know it gave you a warm a warm fuzzy feeling before it had even started so it, yeah. was, a, it was a perfect decision
2: <laughs> the Americans <laughs> got, it <before laughs> us, though, got it before us, didn't they? The Americans
4: got it. Yeah,
6: Americans got it. everybody, everybody got
0: it before us. Did because the
4: Americans even know what it was? Did the Americans even know no, what was going on? Did it no, they didn't. Well, <laughs>
2: it, was, it was billed as a Thursday night movie, and mm-hmm. they did have a they did have a um an EPK on it. And what was fascinating, fascinating about the EPK mm-hmm. is when they were showing clips, they showed the clip from uh, the Doctor Who episode with. Um, Colin with, um, uh, who's, who's the doctor with the, 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 who's the doctor? Oh God, my brain's gone on freeze. What's the one but, when the, the doctor was dogs. in trial? When he was in trial? trial. Colin Baker trial the time. Colin yeah. they showed yeah. the, the special effects bit in the beginning, where the-, the That's the, um, right. Yeah. Oh, when it comes to the, Cause that yeah. effects were really good for its time. Yeah. So they put that in the trailer for Crop the Paul McGowan right. film. So, so yeah, the, it's
0: I, explain it. to people, explain to people for us, scene. What's an, what's an EPK in
2: the industry? Electronic what does that mean? press kit. Electronic press. Basically, it's for the press. So they'll send these VHSs out and they'll have all interviews with all the stars in the film. Also I have TV. one. Yeah, it's also for TV stations as well. So if TV stations yeah. are reporting on it, they can bring up mm. a, a, an interview with, with say, um, Sylvester McCoy when they're asking him questions on it. And they can just have him talk. And they could put some questions, or they can, they can, or they can shoot a, a presenter pretending to ask him questions. Do you know what I mean? Pretending he was there asking him questions. So it's just a press kit, really, for the. TV and then shoot Sylvester later on. Then shoots Sylvester
5: that, that, in the chest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can
6: see. I can see here in the chat, Mega the Extremist is saying that it, apparently that caption is not on the Blu-ray or DVD. Oh, That's yeah. terrible. How can you not include that? Uh, include that little caption. I'm also looking as well. Disaster Area claims that there's uh, Falco had a number one in 1996. No, no, I think you think in 1986 there, yeah. disaster area. Yeah. That's, that's uh, Rock Me Amadeus from 86, Amadeus. That's, Sarah's, that's Sarah's
0: domain. I <laughs> uh, yeah. just yeah. want to say <laughs> thank you to garbage. You're the only person who seems to have got my gag earlier on, so <laughs> unless the others got it and just thought it was so juvenile they ignored it, not to mm. encourage me, which I don't blame them whatsoever, so thanks for that. <laughs> that long, Dan. <laughs> uh, we've got um, uh, we've got all the confessions, all the confessions this afternoon. We've got mm. I uh, from Sedako, says that I dated the girl whose who whose friend nearly jumped off a balcony over the take that split. Oh my so that's striking. Yeah, wow. Obviously, quite wow. deep, deep for people, and lots of people talking about wow. uh, the memories of John Pertwee, losing John Pertwee. You know, mm. if, if he was your doctor, yeah, it, it obviously would would have made this the premiere of the movie uh, bittersweet, wouldn't it? As as we were saying last week. And talking about last week, yes. We we loved it. We hope you did too. And we're going to do it again now. Uh, Simon, I think if uh, you got the old five hundred year diary, uh, uh, that? yes, yes, <laughs> you that with me. yes, <laughs> it. yes. So we're going to we're going to go back in time again now, even further, very very quickly. For on this day, for the twenty fifth of May.
6: Is that it? Am I on? Right. Okay. <laughs> <So> now then. <laughs> We're actually, I'm going to expand this out a little bit for this week in, in history as well as yeah. this day. Um, and, and one of the main reasons for this is because actually on Thursday, i.e. in two days time, it will be 54 years since we saw episode two of The Evil of the Daleks. Um, this particular episode, as I say, number two, that was shown on Thursday, fifty-four years ago, was one of the sort of earliest episodes to come back to the fold, as it were. It was missing for years, and it was one of the mm. earliest missing episodes to be recovered. And the story of how it was discovered and how it came back to the BBC is a really fascinating one. So I'm just going to I'm just going to put that into a little into a little mm-hmm. a press a synopsis for a present. It was it was found by a guy called Gordon Hendry, who, believe it or not, bought it at a car boot sale. In 1983, um, for, for Americans out there, car boot sale is like a garage sale and Gordon Henry bought it in 1983 from his car boot sale along with The Faceless Ones episode three which was also missing and he managed to get this he managed to knock the guy down the guy that was selling these two episodes on film Gordon Henry managed to knock him down from £12 to £8 what a bargain but but Gordon Henry had absolutely no idea that these episodes were were rare or were missing from the BBC so he was Mm -hmm. just sitting on these episodes and he was playing them on his own projector and it has to be said Ruining them, he was—he was—he was ruining the film every time he played it in his projector. Um, but, but then we leap forward. How did he get back to the BBC? Because he didn't know that they were missing. We leap forward to 1985, and a guy called Saïd Maham turns up at Drossy's Panoptican Convention in Brighton <laughs> and asks to speak to the convention event organisers because he's got knowledge of two missing episodes that his friend, in inverted commas, mm-hmm. wants to show at a cinema in a cup that weekend and charge two quid for tickets for and they say okay we're clearly going to need proof of these missing episodes and immediately pretty much marham says it's cancelled the screening is cancelled and that's it that's the end of the story you would think but marham contacted the bbc about the same thing through a very very long and convoluted process this came to a couple of mates of mine the news came from a couple of mates of mine, which is Mick Smallman uh, and Paul Venesis. They heard about this, that these rumoured two returned episodes tried to contact Marham. Marham was just very quiet about the whole thing and was um, and didn't really say much about it. That, you think, would be the end of that. No, we leap forward mm. now to April 1987. And Paul Venesis, Mick Smallman and Richard Molesworth of the of the restoration team at that time were putting together a convention called Telecon in Birmingham, which I was at and delighted to say. Venesis, Paul Venesis contacted Saeed Maham about these episodes that he claimed to know the whereabouts to. Two days before Telecon, two episodes on VHS turn up on Paul Venese's doorstep, The Faceless Ones, episode three. Literally, literally, literally on his doorstep, mailed through the post. Even the Daleks, episode two, just arrived unannounced through his letterbox. So we've gone from 1983, four years later to 1987. These episodes actually then get to Paul Venese's, who is able to show The Faceless Ones um, at uh, at telecon as a, as a complete surprise nobody knew nobody knew that it was about to be screened so all convention uh, attendees of which i was one just suddenly get the faces once episode three this missing episode screened uh, i think actually face evil of the daleks came back a, a few weeks later so convolutedly eventually then the episodes then get back to the bbc and that's how we come to have evil of the daleks from a car boot sale in 1983 to finally in 1987 mm-hmm. We get we get evil of the Daleks back, so it's. I think it's one of the most fascinating of all of the missing episode stories as to how it was found at a car boot sale and how it got to the BBC.
4: This weird. I, I love stories like that because that's so like a um, you know very sort of eighty sort of story like oh I found it at a car boot sale and he didn't know what it was so yeah, <laughs> he just finds yeah. out later on that this is a huge piece of television history because it was yeah I remember like um back when they found um. What was it? The uh, the Yeti one they found uh, a couple of years ago uh, yeah. uh, in in the tube, and uh, that was a huge uh, media thing about that. And I was very very excited about it. And I went and and it was enemy of the world as well. They got those, and uh, yeah, it was it was a huge thing. But just back then, just like <laughs> oh, that's such a cute story. I love it. We'll
0: we'll <laughs> drop them in the post. Post them second class. Yeah. Just keep you waiting <laughs> a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so bit of a hero two. for many. It has to yeah. be said. But you've got a particular hero in mind for this this week, haven't you, son?
6: Uh, yeah, I've got, I, I've got a, a hero today. Um, today in 2013, Pamela Sterling died uh, at the age of 93. Oh. Now, Pamela Sterling, she is my Who's Heroes for today, dear old Pamela, because she's the Louvre guide in the City of Death. And oh, yeah. I just love She's only in two brief scenes. And, and mm. I, I love that she, she the way she arises. Monsieur, s'il vous plaît, monsieur. And, of course, she wasn't born in... She she, she did a better French accent than me, and yet she's born in Wandsworth. Uh, yeah. She's <laughs> not remotely French. It was in so much television. Softly, Softly, Softly along with Brian Blessed, um, Inspector Morse, Dr Finley's casebook. So many of those... Classic British shows that you wouldn't necessarily recognize her from, uh, but she's, she's in there as a, as a small part. And one of my favorite scenes, um, in City of Death, and let's be honest, there are so many great scenes in City of Death, but one of my favorites is when Tom Baker, the Doctor, comes back in episode three. And taps her on the shoulder, and she turns around. And she does a little because <laughs> she's cause she, and, and and he says um he says stuff about you know can you remember I was in here before with with a chap that with, that punched people and she goes, another <laughs> little, little jump. It's just brilliant. It's just so much with a very very small part. So so she's my uh, who's heroes for this week. Respect to Pamela Sterling who, who died in 2013, age 93.
0: We've got oh, we've got another one here. We've got Crippling Deblon in the chat says I visited the <laughs> Louvre in 1979 three yeah. weeks after the Paris filming for City of Death that would was. have taken place. So a... so near and yet so far, Crippling Deblon. Was that... it actually shot. Were the scenes inside the Louvre actually shot in the Louvre? No, 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 no. and, and do you, do you know what? Yeah.
3: I'm. I remember being quite upset when I went to the Louvre to find it wasn't actually like that at all. They haven't even bothered to recreate it. It was just BBC no. flats. No. <laughs> That's it. You know, and I was just like, "Well, this is much grander than it was in City of Death." <laughs> and
6: I, don't think, I don't think they even use the exterior of the Louvre for them to for, for Ramon and the doctor to approach. It's a completely different building, isn't it? I think. Yeah. When you men- when
0: you mentioned the lady's name, Simon, I've got to be honest, I've never heard of her, but she's one of those performances, one of those little characters that you remember. And Ian, I suppose mm-hmm. this is the same. When, when you're casting, because obviously with the things that you've put together, you've written and produced, and you're, and you're casting characters, some of the smaller parts, it's just as important to get the right person for those two, isn't it? It doesn't necessarily – that phrase that there are no small parts, only small actors, is that something that you believe in?
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're going to pass a small – part you might as well write write something that's worthy of the person that's coming on board you know if he just comes and says one line then it's pointless really isn't it so yeah i do believe in
6: that but what i think is interesting and this is why i sort of picked out pamela sterling because as i say she's literally only got about literally about three lines in the whole thing and yet she 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 really makes that part her own um, and just brings a joy, a joy to that scene. And again, I think it's one of those scenes that you would only ever get in Doctor Who. Where else would you get this scene, a scene like that, in, in other than in Doctor Who? Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant.
0: Thanks for that. Yeah, I mean, the way I look at it, uh, Doctor Who, the entire history of Doctor Who, it's. Those kind of characters, okay, it's maybe not completely unique to Doctor Who, but that that kind of balance of sort of playing it for laughs and with a bit of a wink and a nudge and still mm. being just the right side of believable. It's a difficult balance to strike. Mm. you got it in the classic show. You get it in the show as it is in the 21st century. I was going to say now, but we don't now. We get it in the 21st century, and we got it in 1996. I think there are characters... As as uh, small as the cast is for the TV movie, you've got characters like William Sasso playing the uh, the mortuary attendant, who absolutely yeah. is in the same kind of ballpark yeah. as this, isn't he, Sarah?
1: Mm-hmm. I we watched it today, and yeah, it just that in, how he plays it with the you know the Frankenstein watching it and then.
2: <laughs> but that was a bit corny, though. That bit, wasn't it? Let's face it. I mean, it was, I you know, loved that. watching Frankenstein. <laughs> it was, but I love it. It like, you know, yeah. uh, well, Maybe it wouldn't have
1: picked this hospital.
2: Yeah. I, I, I love the film. I think the film, on. It's such a shame that they didn't. They didn't really make a movie. It was a TV movie. Do you know what I mean? It was. It was. It, pff, Twenty five percent there wasn't it as mm. as you know something yeah. that could have been great but you know it was really enjoyable as far as I was concerned. So. They, they I
0: could looking... get it anywhere. To be fair to the Mo- movie or TV, you know, it was never going to be a theatrical movie. This particular yeah. project, yeah. so so it is a miracle that a single minute of it got filmed <laughs> in the end and shown anywhere. And uh, yeah, to be twenty five years on, talking about it. So let's let's get. Uh, yeah, I've oh, got yeah, Few more comments. Thank you, everybody, for your comments. Please keep them coming and keep your memories of 1996 coming too. Because yeah, but let's get into it with the, with the TV movie. Because as you rightly say, this was yeah, this was 1996. This was an event, whether it was the big screen or the small screen. And if you haven't seen it in a while, here's a quick synopsis here from us, Type 40 style. It's December 1999. God, that seems so futuristic in itself at one point. That seems so romantic, <laughs> so exciting. The eve of the millennium and strange things are happening. A British police box appears from nowhere in San Francisco's Chinatown and the mysterious man inside is just shot down in the street. It's a great part to get that is. Despite the best efforts of Dr. Grace Holloway, the man dies and another stranger appears, claiming to be the same person in a different body, a wanderer in time and space known only as the Doctor. But the Doctor is not the only only alien in San Francisco. His deadly adversary, the Master, is murdering his way through the city, desperate to take the Doctor's newly regenerated body for himself. If the Doctor does not capitulate, it will literally cost the Earth and every last life on it. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Yeah, so that's, that's the lay of the land. The stakes by Doctor Who standards at the time that's pretty high very very fast it's the kind of plot that you know, people do knock this plot and it's probably fair to say you could write it on the back of a fag packet but that wasn't but that wasn't the job at hand this time was it it, it was well the, the, the whole sort of tent pole of it of, of being a mm-hmm. showcase for this form format for this central character and to have 1 foot on each side of the atlantic too my god this was a balancing act it was incredible and ambitious even as a tv movie wasn't it i mean jt you've been a, you've been a fan for decades at this point it did hurt when the show went away <laughs> it did hurt when the show went away and the time in between was long and arduous but how did you feel when this premiered on BBC One. I mean, lots of us, we we had sort of seen it before, but it was intoxicating. (laughs) It was an event, wasn't it? It was was an event because it was shown
3: on May the 27th. It was a bank holiday Monday in the United Kingdom. I... On the night itself, I wasn't feeling much about it because, of course, the video had been released beforehand. So I had watched it. This little fella here mm-hmm. had been released, I think, the week or two weeks before. So I had already seen it, and that had been um, an event because the video. Uh, I, everybody came around to my house, and we put it on, and we watched it, and you know, we, it, it, and that was the event for us. But then I rewatched it on the bank holiday Monday. But the, the vibe around the, at the time in '96 was one of great excitement, although we, we were all very, as a fan fandom and we were a united fandom In um, much more so in those days we were all very worried about it because there was uh, an American influence into this there was foreign money into this the BBC in some of our eyes had sold out to a certain extent in order to get it on air we had heard rumors about this I mean ian's talking about the script of this show this was probably the better script to go with out of the nightmares that you can now read about through the nth doctor uh, book or, Mm -hmm. or, or or online so there was all this sort of stuff so we were all very apprehensive but still excited and um yeah it was just it was event television and it did brilliantly well over here it did fantastically well it was a bank holiday monday people came and tuned into the show um and it, was, it showed that Doctor Who was a hit. It had a massive influence on the fact that Doctor Who was then, later on in the year, voted at the 60th anniversary awards of the BBC as the best drama ever for the BBC had mm-hmm. produced. So um, it really hit home with a lot of people. And as we know, it did its job in a sense as a, as a, a one-off. It did introduce mm-hmm. an element of
0: a new audience. It, it when, you it, when you talk about the fandom, and I don't know if you felt the same, Simon, because obviously somebody who had been deeply involved in fandom, but this is still this is still prior to I think Gallifrey One was happening, but organised fandom, the mm. Gallifrey, the Outpost Gallifrey Forum. I don't think that was up yet, and no. social media was a world away. But JT's oh, yeah. right, isn't it? We all, I think, we all had reservations based on. Well, Innumerable things, but there was a a unity from Doctor Who fans too, wasn't it? As if that seven years had seemed so long. Let's get behind this.
6: Absolutely, and and the truth of the matter is, and this is difficult to sort of get your head around today, that we genuinely thought the show was never ever coming back. As as I think we talked about last week, we'd had all all the things like the um, the green light film, the coast to coast film with Peter mm. Peter, what was his name? Can't remember now. Um, that had come and gone, and we'd had so many promises, and nothing had happened. And so, and so, we would, we were resigned to the fact that it was never coming back at all. Um, mm-hmm. And so, suddenly, to it, it really was definitely happening. We definitely all wanted to be excited by it. We wanted to like it, and we were. We, you know, it, it, it was big news. Um, I, I still remember the um, in the run-up to it. I remember. Possibly the first time I saw it actually was on, was it, it was in WH Smith's with the advertising boards for the VHS that that, that JT's just talked about. And I remember the strap line being, um, he's back he's and back. it's about time. And blimey, it's about time, because that's what we were all thinking. And that was the best strap line in history for Doctor Who. And that really got you. Just literally the strapline alone got you excited because you thought, "Yeah, it is about time." And so there was an enormous feeling of anticipation and wanting to like it. Um, and it's interesting what you say, uh, Dan, about the scripts that is, yeah, could be written on the back of a postage stamp, and it's true. But then the same could be said of Rose, for example. Rose is just purely yeah, a set of episodes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's all they were doing. They were trying to they were trying to reestablish a brand in the UK and they were trying to establish a brand in the US. And to be fair to them, it was probably a difficult. Well, it was a difficult task to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were probably only uh, at most partially successful with that. But to an extent, God, that, that is a really tough. It was always a tough call to introduce America to Doctor Who with that movie. That's a really tough call. To and, reintroduce. Yeah, and, and for me personally, much as I love the first 10 minutes with Sylvester McCoy, they are <laughs> great. And as a Doctor Who fan at that time, it was brilliant that, 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 that they acknowledged the seventh Doctor and they did the proper handover as they should have done. But in hindsight, it was a catastrophic mistake. Yeah. Um, absolutely. and they absolutely shouldn't have done it and they should have just hit the ground running with Paul McGann oh. and they should have told one belter of a story uh, instead of telling a regeneration tale and that's yes. why it was only partially successful and that will be one of the reasons why it didn't work in, in America because the Americans were like, okay, I've just got to know th- this character called the Doctor who, uh, and now he's, he's died and I've got a different character called the Doctor. You can understand how America... Struggled to respond to that. So the the benefit, the benefit of that though, is that Russell learnt from
3: that, didn't he? And then when 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 the show came back in two thousand four for two thousand and five, bang, there he is, up and running, no introduction necessary.
6: And to be fair, at that moment in time, it was probably inconceivable of doing Doctor Who and not having the handover, not having the regeneration. Nobody ever thought. It, it was a, it was a, a long honestly.
0: way it was a long it was a long <laughs> r- way around that that Phil Siegel got to to that place. I think it's because the, the project had been through so many different versions. By the time it landed with Fox as this TV movie with with a sort of mo- a, a more modest and more immediate task at hand, I think the shape of the pro- project changed and Siegel's aspirations for it, ambitions for it. He kind of tempered his he tempered and measured his his expectations accordingly, and I think the BBC had too. It was, uh, Joe Wright was in charge of the sort of day-to-day negotiations of it, and I think she was, uh, whilst not a supporter of McCoy, I think that between between Seagal and Joe Wright, they kind of. Put it, d- pared it down to something that would be manageable, that wouldn't Ooh. frighten the horses, and they could build on from. I wanted to ask you about this, though, Ian, because as somebody, as a director, you've worked in Vancouver, haven't you? And yeah. what, what strikes me about this, you know, because I was reading a little bit about this a couple of days ago, and it's so involved, and and the process to get there was so long. But uh, uh, I think Paul McGann was announced as the Doctor in late January, early February. February, within, yeah. I think by early, early April, maybe April, second week of April, they were filming the thing. It had wrapped three weeks later, and then boom, by the end of May, it's on screen. It's compared to compared to the BBC, where they would bugger about for months, if not years. This lands at Fox as a movie of the week, and within three months, there's a movie there delivered. Vancouver is supposed to be like a TV factory and tv movie factory what's it like working o- over there what's that system like
2: well it's it's basically the same system as england right so basically england doesn't really have a, t- a film industry at all uh, if, if people tell you that england has a film industry they're lying basically or they're just up their own ass it's, it's one of the two um so basically it's, it 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 kind of reflects england so basically. Um, Vancouver is kind of like a, a huge facility house for America, just like we are a big facilities house for America. They come over here because of the tax breaks. They shoot their stuff in our studios and they, they, they use our crew and they use our cars and then they bugger off. And then when they make money, all the money goes back <laughs> to America and we don't get nothing. So, so same thing with, with, uh, with Vancouver It's the same thing because it's only one hour difference between LA and Vancouver. So it, so yeah. they can talk freely on the phone, Ooh. talk to people. Plus Ooh. the weather is slightly different, but, and it's close to LA. So that's the reason why, and it's the same thing, tax breaks, tax breaks, and you get mm. cheap labor when you go to um, Vancouver as well. Uh, Plus okay. you don't have to get English people trying to put American accents on because Canadian accent sounds close to the American accent, blah, 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 blah. So that's why they shot it in Vancouver because it was mm-hmm. cheaper at the end of the day. So there you go.
0: We've got a quick. Well, this is. I mean, when because obviously we've got multiple DC shows get filmed there on seemingly every street corner now, and apparently if you're with a keen eye, Barnaby, you can spot the same building shot from different (laughs) from different angles (laughs) all the time. But I wanted to. There's a great question here in the chat from Graham Robertson, and he asks, "I wonder what the reaction to the TV TV movie would have been if we did have social media in 1996?" What do you think? We can answer
4: that with. We can answer that with two uh, two words: half
3: human. <laughs> <laughs>
5: yeah. the, the, the I yeah. bet well, you social media would have exploded,
3: yeah. and have it would have been exploded? a huge. Issue. Well, well, to you be know, honest, it, it did. The yeah. fandom did with yeah. the, the with the, the term half human and the kiss. I mean, it didn't matter yeah. that we didn't have it. I mean, somehow, and I can't remember. Um, um, Mega geeky and and yeah. Simon may be able to remind me. But how did we? How did we do that? How did we all know that we weren't happy with those two uh, elements?
2: Well, they were there were they were the, they were the pubs.
7: No, yeah, was the the half
6: it was definitely interesting That whole half-human thing was very interesting Because I remember when it, we, we didn't know obviously Before it, we saw yeah, the, yeah. the film That that was going to be mentioned And I remember it just getting, it gets it sort of just Dropped into conversation I think it's the master that first mentioned is isn't it? it? I, mm. Dropped into conversation And it was one of those moments where It was one of those moments where for a minute I sort of did a double take and i, I thought D- did did he just say what i think he said hold on is the
5: doctor
6: is the doctor half human did we find out in some story that he's like and i missed about 10 minutes of the, of the film because i was trying to work out in my head work out. what the <laughs> hell they were talking you
2: know about I, I i i equate this to um i don't know if you know the story of star wars when george lucas had a rough cut and he showed it to spielberg and um, oh, the Scorsese. original film, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, and all that. And they went yeah. in the theater and they went in there, and uh, and uh, yeah. Scorsese and um, I can't remember the other director took the mickey out of George after seeing it because they didn't think it was very good. Coppola. And yeah, popular mm-hmm. that was it. And Spielberg was the only one that said to him, Yeah, it's, this is gonna make a crap load of it. I want to share in it, and Spielberg got sharing it, right? Yeah, I okay. equate that to me and my friends. I remember when we saw this film. I said to them, that m- most of my friends didn't like it at all because of the half human and this um, and that, the other, and the Eye of Harmony. And I didn't think it was Doctor Who, blah, blah, blah. But I was the only <laughs> one out of all my friends that liked this film. And I said, Do you know what? This is the future of Doctor Who. If they went this way, then Doctor Who would probably get better and get stronger because yeah. it's, it's plush and they put money into it and they treated mm-hmm. it seriously. And everybody's like, ah, oh, shut up, Ian, what do you know? <laughs> Next thing you know, we've got David Tennant kissing what's her name. And uh, you know what I mean? And Everyone. Just went on from there. It's like, that's what I'm saying. So I knew that this was the right way to go. And I remember um mm. somebody was saying to me, oh, yeah, the costume is a bit rubbish." I was like, no, the costume's fantastic. And I oh, like yeah. the way he's got the long hair. I love, costume. I love his costume. And then Paul McCann throws his thing in the ring going, oh, I want short hair. And oh, when when he came back to do the Night the Doctor, he was dressed, Lord knows what he was dressed in, for God's sakes. What the hell was that? Anyway, I'll digress.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
4: no, I digress. No, I really liked the, uh, I really liked the costume. And also in, in terms there. of like putting money into it, it is the most beautiful TARDIS interior, exactly. uh, I mm-hmm. think, <laughs> ever. And it just needs the, the, the lighting and the atmosphere, even like the weird CGI bats. Uh- <laughs> for the 90s of CGI but It's a beautiful (laughs) interior of the TARDIS.
2: As fans though, we could be so closed off with new stuff. As fans, like for instance, this is Doctor Who, we'd be like that, leave my Doctor Who alone, go away, and stuff like that. But as as a real fan, you should really just kind of put it down
6: and let it grow. And I I totally (laughs) At at the time, we we, okay. we we've talked in the past about roundels, you know. We love roundels. We want That's to get good. back to yeah. the old the old white console room, and we do. I agree. But Barnaby is right. There are no roundels to speak of in that console room, and yet it is the most beautiful, tidiest interior. It's magnificent, and mm. I and and to this day, I don't know why uh, Russell T. Davis or any of the other showrunners haven't kind of gone with that gothic that 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 gothic style in the library of it. on the side beautiful
3: i would say i would say richard would say that there is a homage to the randalls in the mcgann and they are around on the on the the girths around the, the and, oh, and, and yeah. he's, that's that nod and if you look at the door uh, the exterior door does have the the the, the, the roundels on it as well. So Richard was aware of what he was doing, but you know, again, if you yeah. look at it though, I mean, that was the start. The ninety six uh, console room was the start of this whole thing of having the time rotor connected to the Blumen ceiling. Mm-hmm. That stayed up until the end of the series in in twenty seventeen. You know, mm-hmm. with with that going on, so you know, it was it, that's always irked me to a slight bit as well. I like the thing where the Doctor can put his hat on it, but you know, it, <laughs> it, it, it's a great. It's, it would have made a great. Um, toy which i know they would always love to have done they would you know mm. they would have always said love to that but if there was anything aligned that it, it was just stunning the attention to detail and the amount of money they spent on it and the space on it it really did show that the doctor's
5: mm.
3: adventures were encapsulated in this
0: box
7: it but had so, like where, um... so much
0: texture. I think what the rabbi says here the roundels are represented in the circles. Mm-hmm. In That's the it. Girders. Yeah. Richard, over oh, there behind me now, as I'm in the console room, mm-hmm. as you can see. There you Richard And Richard, <laughs> Richard H- Hood- Hoodlin, or Hoodlin, was the production designer. He yep. called them. Kisses to the past. Yes. I remember that at the I time. Like they were all, all termed as kisses to the past. And, yeah. and as if this was a lived-in space. This was the Doctor's domain. Mm-hmm. This was his home. This was I mean, as, as fond as I am of the sort of sparse, the, the kind of the humming white of the classic show, now I really responded to the inside of the TARDIS. And I, yeah. I love the outside of the TARDIS as well. It just felt so but rich. The production all felt rich. And, so, yeah, I mean, I'm aware enjoyable. that there was... It, it this is. Enjoyable. It's very, very enjoyable, yeah. and I, I felt, Ian, that it's like any pilot movie. This wasn't a final word. Uh, it wasn't a who. pilot. No, but no, but you know, for the for all <laughs> intents, I mean, you know, obviously the intentions that that's uh, beside the beside the point. We you know the the whole that's what they had to say to get the damn thing on. <laughs> but this was intended as an opening shot by Philip Siegel to go somewhere, so it would have all evolved too, The look of it would have evolved. The stories mm-hmm. would have evolved, mm-hmm. and I think that's very evident in every aspect of the production, too. Even in the look of the Doctor, as because it is this, we talked about his costume, which is very stylized. Again, what poor McGann's Doctor is wearing, because he, you know, he literally finds it is literally a costume which he steals mm-hmm. out of a locker. Somebody was going to a fancy dress, and I feel that over time his look would have evolved. And who did that? Would have looked, that? looked less off the peg. And, then, and- who did that? Who did what who, sorry who Who, who
2: stole that? clothes out of a locker? It was matched. So there you go. Kisses yeah. to the past. I mean exactly. it, it runs it, it runs through the whole sh- yeah. film. Mm-hmm. You know, that they, they are Just, if you yeah. look at it, it was there. It's a mm-hmm. great it's look. I would go as far as say it's most, one of the most enjoyable Doctor Who's I've ever seen. Mm. Right when mm. I was th- when I first saw it on the screen, I loved every moment of it. Of course, it's not perfect, right? And a lot of my friends were yes. going, "It's not Doctor Who." I had to tell mm. them to shut up because this yeah. should be Doctor Who, right? And as I said, look at it; it was way ahead of its time. The things that yes. happened in that film is happened with uh, New Who and stuff like. That. They know, knew that had to go know, that yeah. way.
1: They you knew. really believe if you, if you watch Rose straight after that it does fit it it's got
3: the same the same tone Uh, i Uh, i I, i'd say sarah if you watch rose immediately after survival it also fits yeah yeah, it does
1: yeah yeah. possibly
0: i mean for for me it's uh it's completely all all the things that they that they did Mm. alter that they did reposition they were all in service in service of real character and Mm. and chiming something of bringing out from from the doctor himself mm. so that they that they thought was it's best chance of, of uh, making a, a better connection in the there and then and seeding for as things would go along one of my very favorite scenes i'm going to put it again one of my very favorite scenes is this scene this joyous first mm. kiss with grace that but that whole sequence whereby he he is gradually realizing who he is again mm. And yeah. I abso- absolutely do think this is a romantic kiss. Completely, I think he is attracted to her, and she's certainly attracted to him. Mm-hmm. But the moment that that entire scene, the way it all plays out, that it's just one of my favourite Doctor Who Doctor Who sequences, and the Doctor as a rom- as a romantic lead, it always worked for me. Be- because he is, I, I believe the character, he is a romantic character. That doesn't mean mm. that he has to be seen to be chasing the opposite sex or even in a relationship. Well, but before this, he, he a was a granddad an
2: character. character, wasn't he? He was a father character before this, right? I don't know about no. Sebastian McCoy. He turned into something else. I don't know what he was because I didn't really like Sebastian McCoy. But this was the right way to go. Yeah, it, for, was. it for, was a, you know, a right good evolution shop for for this for the generation that was coming. It after was the, the right Earth. evolution
0: for the character, and just to chime back with what Graham said there about social media, and uh, I I think that that uh, reactions would still have been pretty damn positive, to be truthful, yeah. uh, because they were a few years later when in in the wake of it. Yeah, people were, look. I I yearn for the day when the biggest thing we had to argue about between us was whether the Doctor was half oh, or not. it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, seems so inconsequential. Yeah. And, but it's also Back, quite yeah. potent as well. And it doesn't, mm. it doesn't close, it doesn't shut anything down. It doesn't exclude anybody, more to the point. Mm. Yes. And it does make a, a sort of sense. And, I, yeah, so I think that... Uh, and what's great, what grinds my gears a little bit, I do want to keep this a mostly positive stream and something that i don't want to uh, talk about now present doctor who but what does perplex me and slightly irritate me is that a lot of the people that i Mm -hmm. see not just on social media on twitter and the like but i'm aware of in the doctor who world you know and and this is this is i say this with my tongue in my cheek a lot of the people that i see now who say that everything that's gone on with the timeless children and the gender swap gimmick that's absolutely fine they were the same people that said that the half human stuff yeah. was was blasphemy and terrible and shouldn't be in doctor who hypocrite. and i just wonder to me <laughs> uh, there is nothing the brits like less than a hypocrite and i suspect that <laughs> and, and that's that's something that i yeah sorry jake
3: no no, i was just gonna say to you that that i'm i mean there was a bit of a fuss it's very hard for people to understand now but there there was a a little fuss about the the half human thing only from fandom the the, you know the Mm -hmm. public don't give a toss you know Mm -hmm. but for most we were all like i mean simon was going around going oh hang on a minute, and then lost 10 minutes of the show, and there, I was a bit sort of like, hang on a minute. But when you open it up creatively, had they gone to a series, that would have actually explained an awful lot of why the Time Lords were, were always looked down at the yeah. Doctor, why he always had problems regenerating, you mm-hmm. know, because it had so it could have opened up a, a little bit more of that sort of storyline where... Uh, and we never got to see that because, of course, when when it came back, that was jettisoned. We don't talk about mm, that yeah. now. But, mm. you know, it was it was an interesting thing. for, t- And it was adding to this sort of yeah. had they got the series. And I, and I do I do say we, we have to go with the fact that they always thought this was just going to be a one off film. But we all know mm. behind the scenes, like with everything, they were always hoping we'll get a commission for a series, mm. um, <laughs> but they will never admit mm. it. But had they had that element in, it could have taken the show in a very 90s direction. Um, and who knows where we would be? Had I don't think it would have run more than seven years. I think McGann was <laughs> talking catch. about seven years away, wasn't he? But mm-hmm. um, you know, it would have been interesting. Well, at I, the absolutely, time, I absolutely at the time.
1: They would have watched this if, they, if it had turned into a series. I remember yeah. really enjoying it, and I, I, I was a complete norm. So I was eleven years old. Oh. I absolutely loved like this heroic figure. You I did, know, yeah,
2: look. That's exactly what I meant, yeah, because yeah. it, it reflects Spock, because Spock was half-human. And so mm-hmm. I guess they were trying to go down that route with the Doctor.
3: It's, but, it, it's part know. of the American element, isn't it, to try and yeah. make the audience more... Sorry, Sarah.
1: No, you OK. Sorry, yeah. Sarah, um, I'm sorry, But, yeah, all the, you know, you, this mystery about him, where he's got this beautiful shape. I mean, I loved it when, when you could see the stars above, and you know, in the roof of the TARDIS and yeah. jumping yeah. on multibrites and getting dragged... Uh, and, it, then get, and then and then getting pissed. I'm like, Ooh, it's, it's, do you get the impression, just... oh. Sarah?
0: Do you get the impression that Sarah, that when they were thinking along those terms, be it, be it for the director uh, yeah. uh, who decides, like, how should this kiss be? How passionate mm. should it be? Or how chaste mm. it should be? Or how far should that sky, should the roof of the TARDIS open up? That mm. all the way along, I, I always got the impression that between them, they were thinking, why not just go for it? Yeah. Why not? What's the worst thing that can happen? You know, this mm. is this is uh. This is a, a pilot. This is this is a place where we get a where we get a license to uh, not necessarily throw things at the wall and see what sticks, mm. but to see to see which connects, to see which people which elements mm. people latch onto. I think you know, as Ian's Ian's definitely latched on to some elements there that I I you know you just know that they seeded it in, mm. and they use language. For example, they use language like a cloaking device instead of chameleon circuit, mm. which I know makes some of us. And even now, I think, oh come on because hmm. I know that Phil Siegel would have known what a comedian circuit was Absolutely, but it doesn't matter it doesn't matter at all not really because, because the Doctor was also he was relaying the information to somebody else too. He was to He's a, relaying a, it to
3: yeah. a, a new audience in America the whole yeah. thing was geared towards yeah. the American potential but American audience rather than the British you could guarantee the Brits were going to watch this thing back in 96 it was only a few years off the year it was only 7 years off we, we, yeah. everybody knew what it was you could guarantee we were coming back and they did they wanted it in America. Ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. That was mm. the most important thing.
2: Uh, England didn't want it. So, yeah. you know we know did. The, the ratings, the, 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 Brit, the British
3: they, people watched it in their droves.
2: The, the, the viewing figures
0: no, were No, I'm saying is
2: BBC didn't want to make any more. So, do you know what I mean? The well, no, they, they were, they
0: were they reluctant. Were, they didn't they you want know. in, the, in the brand. There were, very they friends, there were very few friends of it in in uh, the BBC itself, but Enterprises worldwide. I can never remember where the changeover happened, but they were always because they were the commercial arm. And Doctor mm-hmm. Who was making all that money through those VHS sales. Mm-hmm. And my God, they'd have had to be mad. Let's focus a little bit, a little bit on the Doctor himself for a while, because obviously he he was back. This is our hero. Paul McGann mm-hmm. was a 36 year old actor mm-hmm. at the time, famously Liverpudlian and already a, a veteran. Of uh, several high-profile dramas and comedy dramas, but he had had, excuse me, that big that big-screen success too—the cult movie with Nail and I, which I, I've never been particularly fond of myself. I know everybody loves that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, but there was a quote from him at the time, and it was on the on the front cover of SFX magazine, because uh, he told them in an interview that he was worried he would look like a tosser. (laughs) But but in reality, in reality, Barnaby, I feel that this, this is a really confident debut in the role. And he looks like he was born to it
4: i think he nailed it i really think there's a reason why i mean i've got this um uh character options figure of um, yeah. it's one of the few of like the doctor ones i still have because he is still one of my favorite doctors literally just from uh him being in this movie and in the knife the doctor and of course his fantastic and big finisher audio range the mm-hmm. early ones anyway and uh he was brilliant to that that kind of like byron-esque and sort of romantic kind of thing and um he's just the, the plot of this movie is very very thin and but I don't mind any of that because I could, I'm just so happy seeing Paul just do his do his stuff and just be the Doctor, and that is, and I'll still put on the movie just every so often just to see him do that and just think what could have been if there was a series with him. And I just it's the first yeah. time he, we saw
2: Doctor he makes in a it, chase as well, wasn't it? The first time well, we ever saw a real sort of chase in in Doctor. I, mean, I remember yeah, Tom Baker of, being on a yeah. horse at one point. But This was like on a bike and police was chasing him, and the master well, wasn't. You know, what it, I mean, it he, makes it,
0: he makes it all look so easy, I think. Mm-hmm. I think, Ian, and yeah. he works as an action, as an act, as a romantic uh, hero, as a quasi romantic lead, and a romantic figure, and a mysterious figure. He works, I think, as a potential action hero. He also works, I mm-hmm. think, as a comedic lead, he works too. I, I just think Barnaby, he does it all, he, and he makes it all look natural and easy and he's a he was a born star you can see why why uh, joe wright in particular was sort of pushing for him at the bbc i mean look how how at home he looks here and still and yet it's such an energetic performance isn't it Mm,
4: it's perfect well it's got one of my favorite lines um when he's out and he's just put on the shoes and he goes the the sky was dancing with the lights purple and green and brilliant yellow and you can just see that him just visualizing it right there and then just Mm. at the end his shoes they fit perfectly. Yeah. I think he was trying <laughs> too know, hard it's, it's a to be wonderful.
2: quirky there. In my, there was a couple of things that I didn't like. As I said, the film's not perfect, but um, he was. I, I think maybe he was getting direction from the director, going, "Oh, can we do this?" Because because Tom used to do that, and the, and the jelly babies thing I thought was out of place as well. When he offered mm. the, you know, the the policeman some jelly babies, but apart from that, Paul was just getting into the role, mm. as you can see halfway through the movie, he was just becoming his own doctor. And that was the last time we saw him on screen. <laughs> that's really why I really annoying. like that.
4: Yeah. I really like that Jelly Baby bit because it does yeah, a very story thing afterwards. I he gets know. out the gun. So now, now we yeah, give us the bike. I shoot true. myself. I mean, that, yeah. that got a chuckle out of me. Yeah. So yeah. I think that. I mean, again, that is something that you know it, Tom would it, do. And yeah, Jelly Jelly uh, uh, Jelly, jelly Baby was very much of Tom's thing. Yeah, it was. Jelly God,
0: Baby's, I, I, I yeah, always so. forget. Kisses of the past.
4: Kisses to the past.
0: Yeah, that scene with the motorbike you're talking about. they're... Barnaby mm. I've always loved that scene too Same and way. it's it's those little moments that are uniquely Dr Who I don't think any other hero on TV would have played the moment like that and for, ever, for everything that we've said about for everything that we've said about the plot being thin I would rather have I would rather have a, a thin serviceable plot and then get the moments like that right get the character beats right mm. than, than the other way around Simon Do you you know what I'm saying?
6: Yeah, yes, totally. I think the thing is, as we've said, it is a thin plot. It doesn't go desperately far, Um. although actually, Character. yeah, but actually I think it's, a, for all of its faults, I actually think it's quite a cracking plot. It's great that it's set on New Year's Eve, uh, you know, the, the, the fate of the universe is at stake, all this kind of stuff. I love all the stuff at the end when, when New Year comes and they've got all the, all the, shots of, of the various countries and it all sort of falls down in on itself and time stops. Mm. I love all that. So actually, I think the thing with the movie that, that it, where it does excel is in these set pieces. It's got a mm. few absolutely cracking set pieces. And that's not to say it hasn't got the filler stuff in between get that the the, 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 joins the gaps. Cause it has, it's got that as well. Mm. But some of those set pieces, the, 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 the bike chase being a standout, um, I, I i i love the way it really the although the plot is not the most exciting and far-reaching plot the film is done with panache it's done with a real mm. sense of style and confidence you know that's the thing it's a really confident film um and and i you know i, I would like to to sort of recognize jeffrey Sachs as the director because I really think he did a very, very good job with, with difficult material and with a difficult, a really difficult backstage story of getting the wrestling this thing to the screen. And did yet, it, help again, that, did see, it help that he was British, Simon? I, I, I don't honestly know whether it made a scrap of difference whether he was British. I just think he brings well, a heck of a lot of style. Do. Most um, um, Doctor Who fans he, hated it, though. But, most Doctor Who
2: fans hated it. No, I don't.
6: But, but
2: he, I, it, um, they it, it, just bre- hated it.
6: It, My brother hates for, for, for me, having come off Survival, which mm. I, by that point in Doctor Who's history I am really barely holding on, uh, by the end of the McCoy era, to come off that and go into the McGann movie, and and the first thing that, that opens the show is what I think is a brilliant five minutes. Um, OK, the Daleks don't work. You know, we forget that. But visually, those opening five minutes minutes—that's you know, start with a spinning scarrow in exactly the same way that Russell G. Davis started with a spinning mm-hmm. earth at the beginning a row. So, again, you can see the links uh, wh- wh- where Russell G. Davis picked up on it. But I love that opening sequence with the with the tar uh, with the scar with with shot of Scaro, and it all melds beautifully into the overhead shot of the master, and we come down, and it and it ends this fantastic bravura opening sequence ends spinning out of uh, out of a fish's eye, um, and I still have a problem yeah, with that shot because master as as eye. a vegetarian <laughs> when the when the fish gets its head, yeah. cut off, I still have oh, a problem yeah. with that scene. But it's about to the master it? but that aside. <laughs> that, that whole opening sequence, the way it all spins out, it's its phenomenal. Visually, Jeffrey Sachs has a, a real flair. He brings Simon, flair and panache to the seen,
2: Have you seen the one on YouTube when they actually put the master in there? Yeah.
5: Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's quite good. Can, can, can
3: I... Can I just add that I think it actually helped that Jeffrey Sachs, uh, who's still working mm-hmm. today, people, you'll see him on very a lot of credits today with lots yeah. of various different shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so hello, Jeffrey, if you're watching. I think it actually did help that we had a British director for the simple yeah, reason why. as an American director would have gone completely down a different route because they didn't f- understand the essence of what Doctor Who is. Now, Jeffrey did. He often says when he's around on the, on the, on the well, when he was on the gig circuits, he would often mm-hmm. say he had watched Doctor Who. He had known Hartnell. He had known Troughton. He had known Pertwee. He had known, known Tom Baker. He knew mm-hmm. the essence of this. And I think if you're going to try and do something like that, it's like Matthew Wright was British, the, the, the writer. You know, you have to try and bring that element in so that you can at least retain something familiar. And that worked for Jeffrey. It really did. It was, both, it was both Jeffrey.
0: <laughs> both, Jeffrey it. both Jeffrey and Matthew Jacobs, they were expats who'd, who'd done work for the BBC and mm. were now working within that sort of studio system. So Jeffrey Sachs had been on mm. uh, the, the things like Bergerac and Lovejoy. But I mean, he right. mm. he'd, he'd done comedy too. He'd done mm. The New Statesman, the Rick Mail show. Yeah. He'd been on that. Right. He'd been on... Sp- I, think I think he'd been, been think on they sprint, did sprint Image a really too. brilliant
2: job though because they balanced it because obviously you have to look at it in their shoes, right? They're making something that they love, right? Doctor Who, yeah. right? They know Doctor <laughs> Who like And Then they have to please the Americans as well. So they had to, they had to find the balance between... <laughs> the Americans American watching American on YouTube. Are
0: you really that difficult to please Americans? Let no, but... this is where I would argue that
6: actually
2: good job in my opinion right you could there's no way you could have done mm. it any better they found the balance they did it the best they mm. can and as i said most doctor who fans i knew at that time hated it because it wasn't like doctor who but i kept saying to them this is the future of doctor who mm. this is where doctor who should go and you know what i was right <laughs> so there, there you go there was too, <laughs> there's
1: <still laughs> shots that i love yeah. and it's and it does link to rosary the scene yeah. with lee when he goes yeah. in the TARDIS for the first time. yes, Obviously Russell took that. I love that. And the motorbike going into the TARDIS, Tardis and then coming yeah. back out. Coming out yeah. And again, like you were saying with the style, it was just little visual yeah. quirks like that. It, mm-hmm. And it, 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 it still feels really modern. you know. You've, I know it is dated because you can tell it's 90s, but that kind of style, it does feel really modern.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, and a, and a uh, brand of comedy. That's the scene you're talking about, isn't it, Sarah? Where, the, yeah, yeah. where the, they're being pursued by the motorcycle policeman, mm-hmm. who, and they open the TARDIS. The bike goes in, and we get the we get the comedy double take in in a sense. It's mm-hmm. pure Looney Tunes, isn't it?
3: Yeah. Totally, and it makes no sense at all because when you enter the no. in, into the TARDIS, two seconds later, none of the rugs have been moved, <laughs> <I know>. nothing <laughs> smashed down <laughs> on the floor. The books are
2: still. <laughs> he went it. JT went round and he came out. It's yeah, really but yeah. the
3: rugs—he would have moved the rugs. Know, he would have I knocked know. into the chair. I
2: know. I know. It, I,
3: I've always—that's been the real thing. I've <laughs> the whole
5: film. It was, really it was okay. very much. Was look at really the really effect show.
4: we can do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What did he say? Yeah. Uh, like it was something like dubbed in, saying like, "Oh, the brakes are broken" or something like but that. he was going in like. Like with yeah, the, they... the motorcycle, was saying the brakes are, have gone or something, then he just goes in. I think that was a bit out of left field, um... but it, it looked good. It looked cool.
3: It, didn't they use one of the cheapest and oldest uh, tricks in the book to complete the scene? Didn't I see somewhere? It was um, it was plate glass, wasn't it? Somebody you correct either. me if I'm wrong, but I think it was you plate either.
0: glass. <laughs> it was done in camera.
3: Oh, done also. in camera.
0: I do like God. the key that they
2: had for the for the TARDIS. The key was Oh really but that was an nice. old one, love.
0: That was yeah, an old we, one.
3: Was, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I like I like that. No, I mean, no. in the Max Smith one, he's got literally a key. I'm like oh,
0: Well, no. there was a reason he, for
3: that, wasn't it? So, you know And
0: he says he says doesn't he that's an... Another one, another little little moment of dialogue. All this comes from Matthew Jacobs too, who I, yep. I think, have you ever heard Matthew Jacobs speak as well, the writer? Very eccentric man. It's as, yes. if, he, it's as if he'd been writing for the Bino or something as well as this. <laughs> well, um, he was what, writing what, for the what, American what, Networks for 20 years. They drove him apparently, insane. Apparently so.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
3: but that line, he
0: says, uh, when they go up looking for the for the key, uh, doesn't Grace give him a lift up the door? He says, it's or, "Oh no, it's vice versa." Yeah. He says to her, "It's in a cubbyhole, a cubbyhole above the key. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful! I just love it. I wonder Why? if it's still there.
4: That cubbyhole.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's the Americans going, hold... "What the hell
4: is a cubbyhole?
0: What the hell are you talking about?" <laughs> Whilst I remember, I want to mention this. Ian, you mentioned this a little mm. while ago. The the link to this is in the description of the video. It'll be in the show notes of the podcast too. Mm. This, uh, this recent film that's been put together, oh, it's yes. up on YouTube, as you've rightly said, mm. Somebody, I can't remember the name of the channel, but somebody on YouTube has put together footage of Anthony Ainley from Destiny of the Doctors, that PC game from around 97, 98. Put Mm -hmm. that in, footage of that, in with the opening that Simon so beautifully recounted Mm -hmm. earlier on to create this kind of more seamless junction, really, between the classic series and Mm -hmm. the TV movie. So it's sort of this alternative beginning to the TV, Mm -hmm. TV movie. And, yeah, you can find the link in the description to that. Let's know what you think. I can't play it because I think we'd probably get a copyright strike. But they've Possibly. Yeah. just wanted to remind you while while we watch nice. Well actually, done, well it is, done.
6: It is mm-hmm. it is very very well done, and I and I still that that footage of Ainley playing the yeah. master in Destiny. It is called Destiny of the Doctors, isn't it? The team. Yeah, and Ainley as the master. It, it is the best Ainley ever was as the master. Yeah. It, he mm-hmm. plays it. Beautifully, uh, and exactly how Ainley should have played the Master through the 80s. And had he played it like that, I think he'd be far, far better remembered um, because he literally acts himself off the screen of his TV appearances. Yeah. If you, if you, if you, mm. if you I think like, the Destiny, the Doctor's like, footage. I, I think it might be on the Keeper of Truck and DVD somewhere, I think. It's on one of the DVDs. You could have
2: saved the money by dropping Roberts and getting him,
0: <laughs> him to do it <laughs> in the movie, could well, he could <laughs> have saved, saved a few quid. I think he would have yeah. moved quite so... Quite so quickly. But, yeah, let's let's talk about the master, the actual master from the TV movie, because, yeah, this was uh, Eric Roberts, wasn't he? He was, he was uh, around 40 at the time, was the draw for the American audience. He was the – and it's awful to speak about him like this, because I do really like Eric Roberts. I think he seems like a wonderful man. Uh, very, very funny. But he was sort of a concession, really, to the American network. They demanded that if they were going to have Paul McGann, who they weren't particularly against – but wasn't wasn't a name. He wasn't the man that they wanted. I think they wanted Sting or somebody like that. <laughs> if they couldn't have who they wanted for the for the lead, lead they wanted the villain to be somebody who that the American audiences would recognise. And, and Eric Roberts was a, by this point he was a movie star. I think this maybe wasn't his first TV role, but it was one of very few that he'd he'd taken. And he knew Doctor Who too. I, I don't know if he's ex- exaggerated that over the years, but I understood as um, that he studied in Britain, and had seen the show, and liked it, and sort of latched onto it, and remembered it, crucially, so we got him, Mm -hmm. and they paired him with uh, Yiji So, who's a young Canadian actor, I think he could have only been not long out of drama school, even, and uh, he's a singer, director now, he's very much still around, and they kind of paired them a little bit as a double act in places, but Eric was allowed to... Go pretty much anywhere. Go big or go home with this character, wasn't mm. he, And I mean, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's a movie star performance in a TV movie, really, isn't it? He does that it's it's yeah. channelling the Terminator. It's challenging Tim yeah. Curry. Everything's in there. No, I think tracking.
6: I, I, I have to it be it honest
1: with yeah. you. On. on first watch. The fact that the eyes and that he could possess people in great – and Grace, like when she's got the black eyes, yeah. that was actually quite terrifying as a child. But the snake thing, Dad, where did that
2: come from? Is that part of history yeah. of Doctor Who or something? No, Why did the all, thing no, turn into all, the snake?
6: I'm like, no, well, no, it's all it's all created for the show. But uh, but I love that whole that whole transition of the snake and going into into um, is it Bruce the uh, the 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 the, uh, the, the, I, I, the
5: whole thing era, with yeah. the
4: the whole thing with the snake and uh, I, I heard was all to do with some kind of religious Im- imagery they tried to put in. Like they had the snake. Uh, I think Grace calls the master the devil at some point. There's the whole coming out oh. of the tomb in a white shroud kind of thing. Him sort wow. of like yeah. getting in that. Yeah. Th- why is there You're a like ruined like a area of crucifix, the hospital, yeah. by the way, which is <laughs> leaking all the way down? And, oh. Anyway, when he's there anyway, and does the whole like crucifix kind of thing. So I think they were trying to shoehorn in some. Yeah, religious imagery, I'm like not, a snake in the garden or something, but yeah, I'm not, I'm
3: not sure, I'm not sure about that Barnaby because um, uh, I I heard those rumors um, only recently, about ten years ago, but it was, it's never cropped up in any of the interviews with Phil or Matthew or or, or Jeffrey Sachs or anything like that. But what, what it, the template was set with the master with the keeper of Charken, uh, and certainly in Gary Russell's novelization of the the story. Um, it, it was put out that the master would do absolutely anything to make sure he did not die. Mm-hmm. So therefore, he would take any any alien influence. He would do anything to ensure mm-hmm. that he, his his uh, essence, his body, or what, you know his his self would be preserved. And it just happened that this sort of limbo variant of him mm-hmm. looked like a snake because the CGI was very new at that point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, that's all. So I don't. I wouldn't say there was anything to do with that. There, I think that's probably a little bit fancy. I think
6: I, I, I buy, me. Yeah, I'm buying. I'm buying this because, because I'm mm. sure I've definitely read or or heard uh, in discussion that that Barnaby has mentioned about um, McGann uh, in in the White um, in the hospital uh, well, uh, being resurrected. The, the thing looked like a crown of yeah, thorns. Well. Yeah, that, that, sure yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. He does look a bit cheesy.
5: Just, re, just be, be aware the, that, that props, Sarah.
3: That prop Sarah um, that they get um, oh, at God, the end, it, the, the, the prop they get at the end with McGann Has, that Crown of Thorns you just yeah, mentioned there, that's yeah. actually from another movie. Yes, it wasn't. Yes, it's It's. Re- I think it was in the Mighty Morphin Power movies or Teenage Mutant, <gasps> or one of yeah, those yeah. sort of things. It, it, another Fox film, uh, it's in one of those and it just happened to be around and they said, right, that'll save us some money, we'll have that. Well, yeah.
2: It's almost great to me when it but There's the doctor says to her,
5: down.
2: "It was a childish, childish dream that <laughs> Sorry, made you Ian. become a doctor." Oh, Sorry, it's all right. Childish dream that what? made you become a doctor. Well, I don't, I didn't, never did understand that. Even to today, how does doctor know that? Because he's a time traveler. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. what did he do then? What? Go well, at time. some
3: point, it's suggested that mm-hmm. at some point in his future, he's gone back into her past and influenced himself. And in the—I mean—he's a time traveler. These mm-hmm. sort of—I mean—Moffat was playing around with these elements his entire career in Doctor Who, wasn't he? And yeah. you know, Christopher yeah. Eccleston's Doctor went back to deliver Rosa bike that she got when she was whatever age nine or whatever yeah. it was.
0: Yeah. It's one of several things that they that they begin to seed in the movie. I feel that the name dropping is another. Another sort of uh, just little running gag, name dropping, pickpocketing, the idea that he knows what uh, Gareth's exam results are and where to study and and Mm -hmm. all all those kind of things, seeding things that may go somewhere, they may not. But it's a case at the time, why not? This could be fun. This will amuse people. This will interest people. This will make people go, did he just say this or that? What What? What was that? Did I hear that properly? So, you know, I, I think that all of that was there just to literally to try, just to try things out.
3: Well, the film was about time. I mean, that's why the strap line Simon mentioned earlier in the show is so good because it was about time the character was back, but it was also about time. You know, the race, yeah. the, the race to the countdown of midnight. But also, from the doctor's point of view, it was about elements of time. This is a time traveler who, although he was set in 1996, had been around. So, therefore, he would recognize Gareth if Gareth went on to cure cancer or whatever in his future. Maybe he, maybe yeah. Grace did go on to do something else and he sort of was aware of that but it was all explained later on as well wasn't it with all the flux in the in the timelines yeah. and stuff
6: like that you know and fixed the
2: one, time
6: the one part of the film that really annoys me and i really really would change and i wish they hadn't done is resurrecting uh, yeah. grace and and it made no sense oh uh, <laughs> i'm just like don't kill <laughs> characters to just miraculously, with a bit of CGI, bring them back to life again. It's just, please don't insult my intelligence. And of course, that happens now in the modern series. just about All the time, it. apparently,
5: yeah.
6: Why, <laughs> why, why, why do that? Are you going to kill characters? Fine. Kill them. If you're not going yeah, nice to, to, to,
2: nice to kill them, you're going to bring them back to life, don't kill them in the you're first it. place. Well, it it's traditional, like a rewrite isn't it? It, it, seems like a rewrite I mean?
4: because it seems like it was a rewrite or something, because they never explain it. Because somehow, they Ooh. go back in time, but then time changes inside the TARDIS, and it's got something it's really to do with
5: wobbly. setting alarm
3: clocks. And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's temporal temporal orbit, whatever that means. We're still yeah, not sure, we're sure whatever that, that means. That. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yes, but the thing is...
0: Sorry, they do they do concentrate. That's a panel that you're talking about there, isn't it, JT? On the console and on the scanner, that temporal mm. orbits. And they do keep cutting back to that. And there was footage from this... That didn't make it through to any version, either the UK or the US edition. So it could be, as you've said, part of the plot that we kind of lost along the way. I think it's possibly one of those strains that had they gone forward, we would
3: have seen an element again, but it's traditional, isn't it? If, I totally agree with what the guys are saying. If you're going to kill anyone, you kill your baddie, and then you bring them back later on, and you never explain <laughs> it. A la, a la Moriarty, a la the Master on several different occasions, a la everybody else. Um, but don't don't well, knock off your was, companions and, not bring, and then bring them back and just well, some I, good thing.
6: Well, yeah. literally two minutes later, I mean, this is what, as I was watching the film, I just remember thinking, it's obvious that those two characters are not dead. It's obvious that they are now going to be resurrected with some time wimey magic. So just don't do it. People people don't get it. People don't buy it anymore. We know you're going to bring them back.
3: No, I mean, you could have had that element at the end there where you could have had a really gung-ho thing where with Grace really getting into it, really, you know, battling, having mm-hmm. shed off the master's influence. She could have really have gone, whoa, ho, I'm back now and I'm going to help him. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead, they
2: just go bang or oh, on the floor for 10 minutes. It didn't mind it it was
0: all right you know yeah it was was visually memorable i i suppose wasn't it looking looking at people in the chat we've got lots and lots Mm. of comments blue bonnet hoovians visited us she says i have a love hate relationship with Mm. this movie paul mcgann is a brilliant doctor in it but i wish Mm. they would have cast someone else as the master yeah and i I really love eric roberts i love him
6: as the master i think he's brilliant Mm -hmm. He's, and the, the rabbi, he, he confirms, <laughs> and, and the
0: rabbi's watching in the chat here, the rabbi from mm-hmm. another planet, my favourite of all the YouTubers, he's in the chat here, and he points out, and I have heard him talk about this, that it's Paul McGann who right. has often talked about oh, all this faux Christ imagery that the Barnaby, you quite rightly mentioned there, that could have been where you've heard it talked about. So it maybe didn't come, I think it was always there in, in the design of it, but obviously McGann, he does mention it quite a lot. Who else have we got?
3: I, thought, I think what Blue Bonnet just said there about it being a love-hate, there's a lot lots of Doctor Who fans uh, that have a love-hate relationship <laughs> with it. But one thing we're all united about is is McGann, um, yeah. Who, yeah. who who just looked the part, even though he didn't feel it. Um, and it's a shame, actually, going back to what we were saying before, had it just been him from, from minute one, bang into the role we would have had more of that performance because he actually does the role justice by going through that whole who am I?" regeneration nonsense which you should never really focus on especially when you're bringing something back but as I say uh, Russell learned from that and didn't do it with Eccleston but it would have been just lovely to have it all about McGann can I can I just um um, um, uh, Dan, what you
4: said before about the um the Terminator reference it's just flashed me. Yeah, he yeah. met the um when he has the sunglasses on the master and the, and the leather coat. jacket. Yeah. and he's there, then he says the Asian child. Wouldn't <laughs> be allowed today. <laughs> Wouldn't be allowed today.
1: <laughs> so I get like interesting,
4: interesting <laughs> well, thing, right? Yeah,
1: I love yeah. that. I love that oh, scene great. where he's talking to the nurse and it, a bit of his finger falls off.
3: Flicks it Do away that just I casually. Mean, yeah. I quite like way, that's, that, whole, that whole um, arc for the, that version of the Master because it's a human body he's nicked yeah. and it's decaying. I actually quite yeah. like that because it keeps oh, in touch point? with the whole Doctor Who ethos what, what's uh, the and, and, and the Master's <laughs> character. And where would he have gone next? Would he have gone and... Perhaps nicked the body of an Edwardian nanny, for example. Has,
6: has, anybody <laughs> seen, has anybody seen Eric Robertson interview? Because he's absolutely barking mad in the best possible way. <laughs> do <to laughs> you know what? Though? Do you he, not? He do you not think he's aged as well? In that he's he's, he's actually become more
3: because uh, he was quite um, a heavy sort of serious Mm -hmm. sort of off-putting actor back in the 90s but now he seems to have mellowed like people do when we get older and he's far more
0: open isn't he well yeah that that... seems that seems like as good a place as any to cut to our famous ad break so yeah here's Ah, a couple ah, of ah, minutes yes Uh, doctor who tv movie related goodies for you so Mm -hmm. yeah is eric roberts is eric roberts Mm -hmm. slightly nuts you you have a look at this and you let us know what Woo,
5: you think. Well done.
0: <laughs> During your lifetime, your eyes will capture over 24 million images. To enable us to see exactly what you're seeing, every Vision Express eye examination is tailor-made our optometrists have over 100 different ways to assess how well your eyes are working. Come and see us. Vision Express. <laughs> never seen her so happy. To think. You almost threw it all away. Did you never make
5: a mistake? Yeah, I guess.
6: <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry,
0: Wrong hand. Ah, shoot me. <laughs> Never seen her so happy.
7: To think. Club Eagle Rider. Ever heard of these guys? For twenty nine bucks a month, you don't have to worry about your old lady nagging you about taking up space in the garage, because they give you the garage. It's 2017, I mean guys nag more than girls these days, but who wants to ride alone? Eagle Rider, it's not just a boys club, it's an everyone's club. Hey, how's that gym working out for you? It's a membership you'll actually use, any bike, anywhere. You get a lot for 29 bucks a month, but most of it you won't even care about. So let's focus on the good stuff, the money-saving stuff. Write every month and save about 5000 bucks a year. It's the best of the best. I was in the sequel, too. But don't take my word for it. Check it out for yourself. Are you excited? I'm excited. Keep the camera on me. I'm Eric Roberts, and I am Eagle Rider.
5: Oh, well, told you. <laughs> that was good. Okay, so that was more oh, scary no.
6: than that was more <laughs> that scary was than so him as a <laughs> <laughs> If you
5: think
6: there's that was really bad, theory. you should see the bits <laughs>
0: that I cut out.
6: <laughs> there's a, there's a brilliant interview with Eric Roberts. It's the oh, it's okay. the Real Times of the Myth Makers interview, and he's actually interviewed by Eliza, his wife. Um, who, of course, plays his wife in the movie. It's his real-life wife. And she interviews him for this Real Times picture, uh, a, a video uh, interview. She's the one that interviews him, and she clearly remembers far more about it than he does. <laughs> <laughs> he sits there like a rabbit caught in headlights the whole time she's going, yeah. Oh, bless. Well, yeah. And she, she reads really him that. the lines. <laughs> he's, he's, he's such a character.
0: He a yeah, he's, had, a he's had a double knee replacement. Since oh, then, Ian. explains it then. Well, yeah. well spotted, yeah. <laughs> and we've got <laughs> several comments in the chat here. We disavow this, obviously, disavow this comment from the third doctor. <laughs> uh, yeah, afternoon, afternoon says uh, Digby Strawbridge arriving slightly late, but you can go back and catch the rest of the show. Yeah, play, give us a playback well, later on, and don't forget to like. Yeah, please, like what was the, 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 was video the and um, first thing called? Was that an advert for a film? Was that a trailer? For yeah. a film? No, that was
2: uh, that was Paper Mask. Oh, that's that was the film, wasn't it? Was it was a movie. Paper mm, Mask? Yeah, it was a movie.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah Palace, yeah, Palace Pictures. Around eighty nine, ninety. Yes, yeah, certainly yeah. around that time. I he does have it. a
4: wonderful oh. voice, just Paul, doesn't he? That voice. Yes.
0: So so good, boys. Um, uh, uh, I was so know what it was doing
1: having texture. a drink at Clive's house.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we haven't mentioned one one person yet, and I feel that we That's should. Let's talk a little bit of talk a little bit yeah. about Daphne mm-hmm. Ashbrook, Gardella. the the main companion role of, of Doctor Grace Holloway, and she was again a young actress. She'd been in uh, guest roles in just about every glossy. Action series of the time that you can name: Night Rider, A Team, Street Talk, all those shows. But lots of comedy too. She's very, very versatile. I understand that uh, she's still versatile to this day. Still turns up in things like NCIS. Does a lot of work on the theatre, and uh, yeah, she's she seems she brings a uh, an elegance and yet a reality to it too. I think it's a very fine balance that she strikes here. Playing Grace, a character that could have could be seen as quite corny, I suppose. The the uh, this female doctor who's all running from pillar to post, everybody's hero, but with the with the broken down love life and out of work and all these other other cliches. Like her life is is crazy, and then the doctor mm. walks in. I really like what she did in this role. I think that it works as a. I think the last half of it is sort of a two-hander, Sarah, between, between the two of them. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, I see so many, you know, parallels to modern companions. Um, I love I love a comedy. The sit where she thinks yeah. she's an absolute nutter and yeah. she's waiting for Amelie <laughs> to come and she just sat there going, yeah, yeah. Mm.
3: <laughs> she's terrified, isn't but, she? She's... Mm. Mm. Um, yeah,
1: I mean, she's we When I first watched it, she, she's beautiful, she's striking. You know, that slow image of her running through the hospital in that gown made absolutely no sense, but she looked amazing. Um, you know, she's clever, she's strong, she stands up for what she believes in. And yeah, um, she's very much earned her place at the end. And I was very disappointed that she doesn't go, you know, go with the doctor at the end. Um, but yes, yeah, so. I, I love how she challenges him. You know, when he says "come with me," and she says, "Well, come with me." Again, it's a very mm. uh, it just beautifully so modern,
4: played. Yeah. She comes back a big finish. <laughs> wow hey, the...
1: the... the... <laughs> <laughs> and she's very, very good. It's very actress, yeah.
0: Sadly, she doesn't play Grace though, does she? She plays well, she the play cow, Grace, though, they...
4: but there's 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 like uh, uh, yep. relevance to it. There's like yeah. they talk about like grace there's no grace here and she's playing a different character but you know that it's her and there's like relations to it and uh, she's brilliant she's in a episode okay. called uh, what's it called um the next uh, life is it? the next life
6: yes yeah yeah great uh, great stuff what I like about her as an actress is that she's really embraced Doctor Who, whereas she knew nothing about Doctor Who before. Mm. She hadn't got the foggiest... She'd never heard of it. <laughs> and she really embraced Doctor Who. And the fans. I mean, she just now goes to any convention she can get to. Mm. She just absolutely mm. loves fandom, uh, mm. as does So that They both really bonded with fans and, and taking it on board, um, which is just great to see. And she is kind of, again, she's kind of barking mad. I mean, you can see there, she is, again, just like Aaron Roberts, she's clearly barking mad.
3: She is. Uh, but she's fabulous with it. I, you know, I, I would use the term eccentric, um, but I don't know if, we're, if we can actually Call people from out with the United Kingdom <laughs> centric, but um, you're absolutely right. And when she is with fans, she will spend as much time as possible. She's so oh, really? vibrant and energetic, and mm. she's a bit like Katie in the sense that bang, 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 bang it has to be everywhere. Yes. Um, and she's wonderful, she's a lovely uh, person to meet and hang around with. And by God, she does hang around with you. You will find her. Uh, you will find her accessible at breakfast, lunch, evening mm-hmm. meal in the bar. I, I I love her. I think she's she's got so much time and she'll talk to you about anything. She's just and it's lovely when you see her in the, in in a sort of lineup, you know, you've got up to Ace, then you've got Grace, and then you've got Rose and 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 Daphne's fit in there is yeah. so good. It really is good. Mm-hmm.
0: She never feels like she's playing an identity, for example. Grace is a fully formed character, isn't she? And uh, I've, I've never, I don't think I've ever seen Daphne Ashbrook even Interviewed. I I must have somewhere. Oh, there's probably some it. stuff over on. I YouTube.
2: think there's or something on YouTube where they interview that's, that's, all of them, and it's. Um, they're all
0: ve- they're all very active, aren't they? They clearly yeah. get on like a house on fire. I think this is just a few years ago. Obviously, because the console that well, the console itself also survives. That's been restored, and that's on the convention mm-hmm. circuit too. I can't remember mm-hmm. the name of the gentleman, but it it's got its own home and everything it looked after beautifully. But uh, yeah, I love the fact that. Well, as you were saying, JT, there is no divide, is there, between, between the Katie's. You know, Katie is Doctor Who fandom's fairy godmother. We've said this on the show. And, you know, maybe I think Daphne is part of the family too. Yee-Gee oh, definitely. Too. Uh, you know, it seems like a lovely, a lovely guy. Uh, from, from what I understand, he, he can be found at a lot of conventions yeah, where he, he finds a know. queue full of full of people sort of patiently waiting for a dealer's room, Simon, or or to see a
6: show, he'll
0: pick up his guitar and play people a tune. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's,
6: there's I love uh, that. there is um, there is a real again you know we're doing a bit of plugging here for real time pictures, but there is a great uh, Paul McGann DVD out um, that's got interviews with all of them on, um, and and yeah, he comes so comes across as a really really nice bloke who, again, as I say, has really embraced fandom um, and taken it to his heart, taken the parts to his heart, and 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 and. Really run with it, Um, and and that's that's another reason why you you know you can't help but love this movie really because everybody that's in it in 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 a in a kind of way had a rough time because they were they were making something that was kind of trying to be sort of maybe seen as a backdoor pilot or wasn't or they didn't you know there was a lot of stuff going on and there were a lot of wranglings behind the scenes it was a tough. to make it was not an easy make and you couldn't blame any of them for kind of wanting ultimately to distance themselves from it because it was seen as a failure whether it was or not is not open to debate but it was seen as a failure and so that that's going to knock your confidence so they could you wouldn't blame any of them for sort of saying you know look i don't want to talk about doctor who i'm not talking about doctor who but they don't they all embrace it and they all run with it all credit to them,
0: but it also shows
6: Sorry, Dan. I was going to say it also
3: shows how we, as fans, embrace the nineteen ninety six TV movie yes. that one that one off, um, you know, movie we we did, and the fact one that yeah, the fact that uh, the cast and the crew are very much part of the the the, the family that we all talk about. Uh, they are. They, I mean, they are part of it. They are integral to. I mean, I was there at McGann's very first convention appearance. Um, you know, and that was a shock. That was a surprise for him and for us. And but that's <laughs> where that whole thing sort of came through, and it was amazing. But you know it, they're still there today, and they are still. Re- I remember um, uh, reading um, an interview with Russell after the screening of the next Doctor that Christmas, and Sigal mm. had seen that. Uh, Philip had seen that that oh, that really? episode, and had mm. said when he bumped into Russell somewhere on on you know in in, in, in the world that they live in, he couldn't believe that McGann was included in the flashback, which is the first time there'd been a flashback in the modern version. And he mm-hmm. said, oh, so he counts. And Russell had to turn around and said, of course he bloody counts. Of he counts. He's, mm-hmm. he, he's of the eighth he incarnation of the Doctor. But that's yeah. where Philip was at that point. Um, you Are know, you it shows sure you-
2: Philip for coming to that conclusion, can you? Because in mm-hmm. one of uh, Russell T's things, they had, they, he actually put in his script that they were discussing Doctor Who and all the people around the table agreed that it wasn't part of canon. Do you remember that? I can't remember what show, Russell T did it was a Channel Four show. Oh, queer as folk, yeah, that's that was a, just yeah, the characters yeah.
3: though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was that was the that was the sort of in thing at the time from Vince, yeah. who was the uh, Doctor Who doctor was queer as folk. Mm-hmm. But but I, I don't. That's nothing really to do with. I'll, I'll I
2: think I think basically, as I said, I don't know about the fans that you guys knew, but the fans that I knew at that moment in time, they hated it. Hated it. With a so you were you were the, the lone knew, voice. Yeah.
0: You were the lone voice of positive. I was, voice. I was the lone voice.
2: I was the lone voice. I was like, It was the <laughs> same experience. I mean, I was
6: I was most it, people. Most uh, people. Most uh, fans around me also hated it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I was sitting there thinking, oh. Uh, I thought I quite liked that. <laughs> Did I get it wrong? Did I see the wrong but, thing? Because yeah, I loved it. I and, picked and it
0: up on, as JT said, I picked it up on tape too, on VHS. Mm. I think it was a week, maybe ten days before, and obviously I watched it that night. You know, I, I bought it from the from the shopping centre, got it back home, made a night of watching it, and that was quite bizarre because obviously at the time, I didn't. There was no day-to-day Doctor Who community. In fact, everything about the TV movie that I heard about it by reading it on teletext on, on, <laughs> oh, on teletext breakdown. You know, that's that's, that's where I heard about it. Not in DWM. Mm-hmm. I could tell no there was nobody around me who cared. Nobody gave a mm-hmm. shit. And when I bought the VHS tape I got nobody who wants to watch it with me. Ah, oh, well, really? I, I know, the world's Aww. smallest violin. I know. You know. it was. It was still quite a small thing. My consumption of it, in this whole time, was was a really personal thing for me, and a, a magic, magic moment. And so, watching that tape, and then that weight, JT, as you as you described, because it came yeah, it came out on tape. Uh, I, think Canada, I think Canada did get it first, and then America, and then a fortnight later, us, and the dust was always was already kind of settling on it and word had got back to Get british around. shores that it kind of that it it hadn't done that well and it probably wasn't going to but I'd shut all that down and I was still watching I was still kind of representing this show because obviously the when it was on on uh, on tv I knew that it was going to be viewed by the wider public and people were aware that doctor who was coming back they weren't necessarily aware for how long they just mm. saw The deck's being cleared on a bank holiday Monday, which is usually the kind of treatment that they give to the the latest Star Trek movie, whatever else they've got the rights to, the latest Indiana Jones movie, whatever it was. So they cleared the schedule. They were trailering it. There were posters. Yeah, I I was up HMV begging the poor girls to put the posters aside from when I've still got those two. And I didn't didn't tell anybody about that either. You know, the people I worked (laughs) with, I didn't let onto them although I was a Doctor Who fan, Barnaby. Because again, it's—I it, wouldn't say it didn't have any cultural echo, but I—I I think that even though um, the X Files was popular yeah. and we mm. were right in the middle of sort of Voyager and DS9 and Ian, it, we were still a way away from from being the culture of the mega geek that we all celebrate. Now. I know. I just like to say, yeah. right
2: at that moment in time, right they—and I've said this before—on on, on they used to have this um, bar in Victoria called the Star Trek Bar, right? Okay. And um, that's where I met all all the geeks and stuff. Because in those days, there was no internet. There was no, you know. Mm. it, it would, And so I'd go to the Star Trek bar to watch DS, DS9 and have a beer and stuff. And all <laughs> these fans of Star Trek would be there. But not only were they talking <laughs> about Star Trek, they're talking about Doctor Who as well. And when mm. I say that the most of the fans didn't like that film, that was the point when I was in the bar and I met all my friends and we were drinking and I said, that Doctor Who film was really good and everybody, everyone would fuck <laughs> a bear at me yeah. because they thought it was absolutely terrible. Yes.
5: They just As turned uh, on you, did they? Yeah, I,
3: I, I, I have to agree and I know what you're talking about because, uh, you know, the, the, the people I were hanging around with, the, the Doctor Who fans, we were all very mixed. I mean, I came away from that that night we watched it on the VHS mm-hmm. Which I think was around about the time it was being broadcast in America and Canada. I think that's why the BBC Rush released it out first, so that you know, because there was a the big furore over here of oh, they're getting it before us again, second yeah. time in Doctor Who's history. <laughs> yeah.
5: um,
3: but you know, I came away going, yeah, uh, and then others were going, and others were yeah. going. Nah. It, it was very mixed. It was a very mixed time for the reception of it. But again, through age, we've embraced it. We love yeah. McGann. You know, we've got the look of it. We can praise it now. I mean, it's 25 years on. And, you know, what was going on at the time? I think Again, we had high expectations. You have to look at it from what had happened from 1989 and 1990 onwards. The expectations for this thing from a British point of view was massive because we'd been through so much by that point. We'd heard so much. We'd had casting every other bloody week in the Daily Star. You know, um, we'd heard things from various people about what was going on um spielberg i mean we've been through so much the expectation was way up here and then to be given this 90 minute thing i can understand why a lot of people went no yeah and then the kissing oh, and the half-human I, thing I didn't help. You know, I don't
6: get it at all. I don't get why anybody would look at that and feel they'd sort of been cheated in the slightest. Mm-hmm. I think it, it, the, only, the only thing that, that, mm-hmm. that I would change about it, uh, really, is, it, that, that I think is a shame is, is that the fact that they broadcast it, as you've said, Dan, on a, on a May bank holiday Monday. It should have been on at Christmas. That absolutely was a Christmas film um and i think had you put mm. that out had that had they had the they ratings, yeah. I, I think had they yeah had had they sort of just held held their nerve Maybe. a little bit Maybe. and held that over till christmas for both america and the US, I think Mm -hmm. it would have been a very, very different story because it just literally reeks – obviously, it says at Christmas, for God's sake, Mm -hmm. but it feels – it just feels, as we've said before now, Doctor Who sort of feels autumnal and wintry, and this film really feels – it's wrong on a sunny bank holiday Monday evening. But it was 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 a Fox Two. It was a Fox, Fox TV movie, though it was going to be on at that particular oh, no, no. point of no, year. So the, the, the idea, BBC
3: couldn't I, hold it over that long. No, no,
6: I'm not talking mm. about that. I'm talking in an ideal situation. I'm not. Yeah. I, I know it, it, it was on when it was on. They wanted to rush it out for reasons. I get that. What I'm saying is, I think it's just a shame that that happened yeah. and it didn't go on. It wasn't held over till Christmas because I think it could have. It could have.
2: Wasn't it up against something
6: else? It was, was up it against
2: Rosan in
3: America, America and here yeah, we yeah, didn't, yeah.
6: We didn't have anything here. The yeah. last episode of Roseanne, as I recall, yeah. in America. So it was a huge episode. It was never going to do any good in America. And again, you kind of question why they literally put it out there to sink in. Well, they knew it was apparent, going to sink Apparently,
0: I've since I've since read that the they never expected it to do great numbers against Roseanne anyway. That they. The way that the T, te- because all of those channels, as, as I expect Ian, Ian will know, and anybody who spent time in the states will know, all of the big networks had their own specific night of the week where they would air their TV movies. All the big networks, mm-hmm. I don't know if they still do, had that line of of house, totally in-house produced TV movies with a stable of directors and, and more often than not writers, and so mm-hmm. they they had measured expectations <laughs> of it, and apparently they were actually quite pleased with it and mm. the real reason why they didn't actually make any more came more down to the fact that universal had to decide yep. they'd already got a Sliders. similar sci-fi show that was doing yep. quite well that had taken a couple of i think it was say two seasons into establish itself they were allocating budget and they were thinking okay well do we do we go with this new with this new show with this established lead where which we know has got a certain amount of audience or do we uh, persevere with Sliders, which has carved itself out an audience, was doing pretty pretty well in the ratings, and which they were already exporting all over the world? And apparently that was the decision that it was fairly cut and dried like that: Doctor Who or Sliders? And that and this was only come to light in I think the last seven or eight years. In fact, I think it was Daphne Ashbrook. That said it in an interview, so I must have seen her interviewed. Mm-hmm. Daphne Ashbrook mm-hmm. talked about it. That it was it was that simple. Sliders or Doctor Who? They went sliders. And the guy it's who a played shame-
4: um, yes, no, no, the, the guy played um, uh, Lee. What's that? The name of the Shangley? A Shangley. He was in Sliders.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Oh, see. I oh, yeah, it's filmed in Vancouver. Yeah, yeah it's the, It was yeah, basically was in filmed that. in the same. It used a lot of the same resources, the same, approximately the same sort of budget. I understand I've a lot of the same directors and all that sort of stuff. It's a no. cracking little show. Very, very spirited. Real. Very, very spirited production. We have people in the chat here that have chimed in a little later, so I want to say a quick hello to the talents of Wayne Chiang. He says, "Evening all," and that his name's hello. not actually Wayne. That's like finding out about Santa all over <laughs> again. And he's also yeah. said. No. What's all that kissing about though? Well, we've done the kissing, Mm, so you come in late, go back and watch this video, (laughs) re watch it later on, send the link to your friends, share us wherever you like, share (laughs) us around in celebration Mm. of the 25th anniversary of the TV movie. We had a brilliant time talking about it, and we know I think people will have a brilliant time listening to it as well. Who else is here? We we have to say as well that,
3: um. on that May the twenty seventh, back of um, that bank holiday, the BBC were very brave with broadcasting it when they did because they actually showed it at half past eight, according to my radio times here. As I look back, <laughs> half <laughs> past eight in the <laughs> evening till five to ten. Um, you know that that must have been one of one of the latest at that point.
1: Yeah, I remember being it. I was allowed to stay up because it was a bank holiday Monday.
3: <laughs> <window. laughs> that's so cute. You were eleven, weren't you?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Good God. I think I yeah. I I think we. Well, yeah, watched it because I watched it on tape. I think the night, the bank holiday, I think I was in the pub and I only just <laughs> made it back, <laughs> made it back to see it on the TV. But most of my friends did watch it. You know what? I, I think that some of them watched it because they expected it to be shit and wanted to have a go at yes. me about it yeah. afterwards yeah. and to take Aww. the piss. And and a couple of them were really disappointed at how slick <laughs> <okay>. it actually <laughs> yeah. was. But it was, and it was, well, it was, was have
5: going for them. Mm-hmm.
0: It had that sort of X
3: Files gloss. X Files gloss to it, didn't it? That was yeah. that was around at that time. It fitted yeah. in very much with that whole X Files sort of thing. I, mm. I, I, I have a friend who's very big on the X Files. She loved the X Files. She watched every single one, even to its dying oh, day, yes. and then the rehash when it came back. And she watched that Doctor Who, and even she liked it. You know,
2: mm. <laughs> that's that. You know, we wanted that though. Or any, any fan wants Doctor Who be treated properly, and this was the only mm. time at that moment in time that it got treated well. And I, all I can say is it's about bloody time. And, and that's why I was happy with it. As far as happy Mar- with
0: it. So. Mark, the infinitely tired, here chimes in with something controversially, and I don't know how you'll feel about this. No American should touch Doctor Who. This is, di- I mean, it is distinctly it is. British. I it agree is. with Mark mm-hmm. on that. I don't know if I agree about no American touching Doctor Who, but I know a lot of people feel that way. Mm-hmm. I agree with Mark.
3: But, it's a British show. It's a British product, It should always stay in Britain.
0: Yeah, and, maybe. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, Wayne's got back to us. He said, will do. I'll get settled in with a hot chocolate for the rewatch. I don't know yeah. you. Yes. That sounds nice. It does. It does. I could go, I could go with some you of that. <laughs> and, and a choccy as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Look at
3: that. Look at this. See that? What's this that? was yes. everywhere oh, in 1996.
0: That's <gasps> <got> the exact <gasps> key ring that I've got. The exact same We all yes. got it.
3: <laughs> I love yeah. it.
0: It and was people... absolutely mm. everywhere. Yeah. JT, I don't know about you. I used mine
3: i had had four and this is the last one i've got because um i used two and they snap very easily um and the other one i gave away
0: um mine's on a mine's on a new chain so yeah mine's oh i never thought that but I was always, I always use that. I'm back to using it again now after like a 10 or 12-year break. But one of the reasons why I like it is how discreet that symbol is because at the time, nobody knew that nobody it was a Doctor you. related thing, you see. Well, so I be, I could remain in the closet for a little while. Let me show you.
3: This was from the Radio Times, oh, well, well, this bit oh, well. here. And this is some of the merchandise that you could get back in ninety six.
0: Oh, Wow, I remember that. That was oh, the best one. Wow. I had. Th-
3: I went through three of them, which I no longer have. That's a record bag. I'd buy that. Um, yeah, I'd definitely buy
0: that. Much now. better. The
3: now it's that is pack. very Ian, isn't it? The the, the, cake, the cap <laughs> the is very <laughs> Ian. Yeah. Yeah.
5: Any time <laughs> travelers
0: out there want to send Ian one of those. I gotta hats. get one of them. Do do? I gotta yeah. get yeah. one of them.
3: Yeah. <laughs> it was six ninety nine Ian for the baseball wow. cap. The record bags were fourteen ninety nine and the watch was twenty nine ninety five. Oh, that
6: was a lot of money for a watch yeah. in those days.
2: Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, it what, I've got, yeah, it here. Know,
2: Dave, you've got it here. Ah, right? uh, yeah, look at yeah. that. You've got it here. I'll, yeah. I'll just oh,
0: show that's, you. That's beautiful. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. wow. I've, I've never it's
5: seen
3: one of those before. Lasted, JT. <laughs> that's really nice. Yeah, and and um, beautiful. And and Megan's box was on everything. So,
0: no, I've got I've got a little box full of full of all my sort of TV movie related. Well, some of my TV re- movie related things. Here, so I've got postcard books there's a script book there's the original novel there's the tape and there's uh, packs of postcards that forbidden planet did so there's little oh things like they're that lovely yeah. and uh the paul mcgann reading reading the novel there which i think i've only ever played once that's just been re-released and but this so this yes the the, the soundtrack cd the uh the score by john Debney, yes who went to work on yes. Stargate, there we are. Yes, yeah, so this is one of my favourite. I don't know about you, J.T., but this is one of my favourite mm. items of, of merchandise mm. from from the TV movie. Along it is with a really this really good, amazing score, actually,
5: yeah. book, Get brilliant, it's really, wonderful, gorgeous.
0: I also recommend people pick up Doctor Who regeneration, which I think is one of the seminal Doctor Who books of all time. One of the top ten mm. Doctor Who books ever written by uh, by Gary mm. Russell, but with Philip Siegel there, uh, full colour, luxurious warts on all the making of the tv movie uh essential reading i would say i definitely catch up catch that uh, the as we said earlier on nine million people i've got the figures here nine million people watch doctor who the movie on wow. bbc one that night on a bank holiday mm. monday that's a whopping 75 percent ian of the no. audience share 75 percent in uh the VHS that sold really, really well and did for a number of months. A I understand. Huge. Yeah. Yes. It's a movie so, that got repeated. And all sorts I remember of going to
2: Forbidden Planet, oh. and um, after the day after the film, going in there and saying hello to the guy behind the bar, and he just said, "Did you see Doctor T And it was rubbish. He said to me <laughs> as I was walking oh. towards the comments.
1: "You know, as i was saying, mm. there was a real hate for it.
2: I didn't understand the hate <laughs> at all. I really
1: imagine I'm something that was I nine know. million would be considered a failure."
3: Yeah. Oh, well, it wasn't Sarah. I mean, it, it, the BBC were delighted with that because it was it was the one of the highest rated uh, shows of the entire year, mm-hmm. uh, and it was Doctor Who, the thing they had written off basically, you know. And as mm-hmm. I say, it then had an effect. The TV movie helped Doctor Who to be um, awarded the best drama in the BBC TV sixty year uh, sixty years awards later that year. But you know, the, the whole thing about it um, as well was there was no repeat, there was no mm-hmm. playback. You know, it was that night only. You saw it that night, and then that was it, unless you went spent $14.99 on a video. Um, that was it. So nine million was huge and well done to everybody that worked on that show and promoted that show and did everything with the marketing and the merchandise that suddenly took off again. I mean, that's a
2: colossal, a a colossal feat. Shame it in play again. A real shame.
3: It did get a a repeat, I think the year, maybe two years later,
6: as yeah,
0: part of Doctor Who night. Repeats. Yeah, yeah, yeah 19,
6: couple. yeah, 99, I think. Dr. 99. Who. Yeah, a
0: couple, a couple of repeats, and uh, yeah, I, th- I think that uh, UK Gold and various other channels. It's turned up there. And, Of course, it, it lives on. Yeah, you, know, you can you can uh, pick it, it up. It's on in my you can watch heart. Watch it on the push of a button now. <laughs> yeah, on, on, I it's think it's on repeat. I think it's on the brick box and whatever else. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah but as you yeah. rightly said, Ian, uh, we didn't get a, a, a full TV appearance for The Eighth Doctor. We're still waiting. Mm. A lot of people still demanding Damn it. Shame. The network passed yeah. and uh, Seagull's plans for more. It put them all on on ice permanently. And The Doctor Who Writes' situation got more and more complicated. That wouldn't last forever. Of course, and all this, even though it was, there was that sort of canonicity of the movie. That was a thorny subject within fandom for a little while. I think now it is it is recognised as one of the mo- one of the more memorable key points in Doctor Who's on screen mm-hmm. on screen history. And Paul McGann would would return he to would. the role he, of the Doctor. And I'd say now in twenty twenty one, when they talk about Paul McGann, when his name gets dropped in newspapers about other roles that he's taken, now it's he's always listed named as former Doctor Who or Doctor Who star. Mm -hmm. He is as synonymous with this role as almost anybody else that I can name. Uh, Doctor Who is available. Bring him back, bring him back. Well, bring him back on Blu-ray. Doctor Who, the movie, is available on DVD, Blu-ray, and the novel has recently been republished by BBC Books under this new target, imprint it's in a revised uh, form too by the original writer gary russell he's gone into it because at the time he wrote the original one he only had a rough version of the script he he, i think he'd seen a rough version of one scene so it's quite different to that which was on screen he's gone back in there tightened it polished it added some bits and taken other bits Mm -hmm. away so that's not long come out and you've got the blu-ray available i'm sure that it'll join the uh, the official box set collection of blu-rays at some point in the future simon and we can rave mm-hmm. about that at a later date too what do mm-hmm. you think treble quadruple dip it's the same old story just like the five doctors i've bought it so many times it's practically painful <laughs> i was what i was wondering we're going to go around everybody now before we wrap up what do you think is the most positive thing that the the doctor who movie has brought and left the doctor who universe with simon
6: i think it's i think it perfectly bridges the gap between survival and rose that's what i think it's gifted if you imagine that the the movie was not there and survival went in at eighty eighty nine, 89 and we never got anything until Rose in 2005. Yep. The Wilderness Years would be utterly, utterly devastating, whereas actually you have got that little beacon right in the middle of the Wilderness Years that bridges the gap, that is the missing link in Doctor Who. So that that's mm. what it does for me. It's perfect for that. From that point of view, it does the job perfectly.
0: Sarah, you've watched it again this afternoon. What struck mm. you about it, this watch, what which scene stood out, or which moment do you think has stood the test of time this twenty five
7: years?
1: Oh, most of it actually. I I, I just found no. it a complete joy to watch. I'm picking picking out the little the little kisses. I said, and again, like, like Simon was saying, I think it gave us rose. It obviously RTD had this in mind, um, and you know, obviously, I wouldn't be here now talking to you guys. Mm-hmm. without that so yeah to me it is like that precursor to rose and yeah i just i just think it's wonderful i love watching it
0: how about you ian what uh you still those those people like your brother has your brother ever come around to it and do you still like the film what do you think works the best about it now
2: as i as i said uh simon and um and starry i said exactly what I was thinking as well, well that the film is way beyond its time, okay, right? And mm. at that moment in time, when Doctor Who was screened, everybody was like this with Doctor Who, oh, it should be like this, and it should be like, that. oh, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that, blah, 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 and it's all bollocks, really. <clears throat> and, with anything, and with anything, it has to grow, it has to evolve. Mm-hmm. And the uh, reason why I was so pleased with it, because to me, that film, about Doctor Who, he, Doctor Who had grown. He'd taken a step from there and now he's gone to here. And it's better here, in my opinion. That's what I thought, I liked that he was handsome. I like that he kissed the girl. I liked that Doctor Who mm-hmm. was finally growing up and I liked the gloss of it at that moment in time, obviously, because the, the new, new Who is, is glossy, especially in Matt Smith stuff. And I just like mm-hmm. where it was going. It was a shame that most people around me thought it was absolute bollocks but I didn't because I knew better. <laughs> so. It's still
0: it's still a very pretty film and I I think yeah. that um that side to me you know the the designer side to, to me really appreciates that I I don't think it looks 25 years old. I still view this as no. somehow we've had 12 series since and I still feel that this is new somehow Barnaby. We as, speaking of somebody who as you keep reminding us didn't see it at the time. You've got you've got the Doctor there with you. You've you're you've literally got the T-shirt. But what do you think is is the most lasting positive thing about this movie?
4: Oh, uh, I wouldn't say positive, but uh, the lasting image in my mind is Sylvester screaming on the operating table, uh, being <laughs> cut open. <laughs> uh, positives though, uh, that Tardis interior. It's it, it's. Beautiful, and I just love that that's uh, that's yeah. canon, and just so much love that was just put into that. The the oak, the books, the gothic architecture is just, mm. mwah, I just it, yeah. it may be just refall fall in love with that kind of thing again, and uh, and the music as well. I, I, I really love the um, the score and the soundtrack from yeah. that as well. It was really high octane and big, and uh, uh, yeah, that 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 all of that in particular.
0: It's been pretty... JT, it's gone. Oh. I think, well, I think the master's got him. I think that's. back. he's back. Excellent. Also, this is an
4: ambulance. I remember that bit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite JT, the TV movie then, JT? Well, have you got a favorite scene or, or just a, a lasting, something that you feel has lasted the most? Well, yeah. Just for an answer to that as well, I saw Darren had put up
3: there that he um, he was a bit naughty and he sold the videos in his comic shop for the fans before the actual. I I was there at midnight here in Britain to get my copy of the VHS because uh, certain stores our price H M V had opened at midnight, so you could get <laughs> you could be one of the. I was there that was in the one line. The first
0: that was uh, the first that, example. I'll just of remember that that was one of the first examples of that I remember hearing, like pre-Star absolutely. Wars, you know, before it became yeah. really, really popular. Yeah, it's, 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 absolutely, it's really uh, and it worked
3: because it was, it was great. <laughs> Talk about Talk about um, what, what is my lasting thing? Uh, yep. Well, my, my lasting, my lasting thing is, is Paul McGam. It's Paul McGam. Simple as that. Yeah,
4: absolutely.
0: He's incredible, isn't he? Fun and bit he of a trivia, actually.
4: Fumbling trivia with that uh, ambulance line. Uh, Eric Roberts was in a film about an ambulance, a killer ambulance that stalks him and tries to kill him.
5: <laughs> what? <laughs> it's called
4: it's, it's called the ambulance, me. and I really recommend everyone go and watch I
5: love
0: it. to get hold of that, that could be that could be a subject for a Type Forty in the future. Everybody, either here yes. or on the podcast, yeah. But uh, yeah, happy twenty-five years to the TV movie. It's been yes. wonderful to mm-hmm. talk about it all with you guys, to relive it. And you know, it's never a chore to go, to go back to this film. I, uh, I I was never sad about this movie, even when we did think that it may be the very last Doctor Who that was ever made. That turned out not to be the case, thankfully. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't be without Doctor Who the movie for for anything. And mm-hmm. uh, just Paul McGann's Doctor, really. I, I mean, I feel that that character due to not just not just what's done in the TV movie but everything that's been done in, in big finish since mm-hmm. strong foundations and it and it's almost mm-hmm. as if it's almost as if he was never away there was never any distance between him and mm-hmm. us and I'm so grateful to Philip Siegel more than anybody else for persevering with the entire project the man was an unapologetic geek of hard-working professional man but he's very much one of us and i say happy birthday to you too philip in fact i was gonna say if you're watching if you're not watching i want to know why not i'm going to try and send him the link he's bound to be on twitter i'd like him to see this to see the love coming your way for your film 25 years on thank you so much and thank you to everybody that's watched along in the live chat or on Thank Facebook you. and commented. We've got some great comments this time. Pe- people joining us and raising up <laughs> all McGann's doctor. People who love people who love the interior of the TARDIS that I've met very few people who don't like that. There was one guy earlier on who said he didn't like it. I can't remember but that's very much very much the that's outlier okay. there. Yeah. yeah, you can't please everybody can you no. but yeah that's it does seem to, have, yeah, it does seem to be plenty of people's favourites. Uh, we'll be back with another Type 40 live soon. In the meantime, come and check out our playlists here on the Facebook channel or our podcasts on the dedicated home for Type 40, type40.podbean.com. We're also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play. Tune in and everywhere else, wherever you can get your podcasts, or on the Podbean app. That's so easy to use. Even I can use it here on YouTube, the world's largest streaming platform. You can take in all our content, whether it's audio, video, or both more Type 40 Live. There's two full seasons of this stuff to catch up on, where a lot of us and some of our friends and guests ramble about various Doctor Who topics And news and new releases and all that stuff's coming back on the next show so don't miss that if you're feeling really brave and have more time on your hands than you probably care to admit go and join us in the type 40 facebook group over there five years old this summer and still a a tolerant home for fans of all ages sharing and uh posting about classic and new doctor who yeah, thanks for, thanks for watching, everybody, and thanks for listening. And thank you to everybody on the panel, to JT, to Barnaby, to Ian, to Sarah, and to Simon for, for sharing this birthday party. I, I didn't think to get a cake, but uh, the master would only, have, would only have eaten it, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for, for this show. We'll be back again next week with more. made it out of the jaws of disaster and back safely into temporal orbit. Those shows are a blast to make. We'll be putting more of them out too here on the Type 40 feed. But if you want to catch Type 40 live, literally live, join in with the comments on YouTube and Facebook and wherever. Head over to YouTube, search for The Space Book and there we are. Subscribe to the channel and turn on the little cloister bell. Then you'll get all the notifications on when we'll be live streaming next. We always have the time. If you have the space here at Type 40, thanks for listening. More soon. Take care. Bye-bye.